Sports Radio 560 WQAM Miami Fort Lauderdale presents the Neil Rogers Show. Oh my God. Talk to Neil. Call 567-0560 toll free for Dave and Broward or pound 560 on your cell phone. All right. The opinions of Neil, his guests, callers, or anyone else on the show do not necessarily reflect those of WQAM, Beasley Read Acquisitions, or the Beasley Broadcast Group. Now, Neil Rogers no. on Sports Radio 560 QAM. He was his ward. Not his Pedophile. Brown nosing time, dark about time, when your boss steps right through the door. Yes. Brown nosing time, don't you know that is what the boss's big bad ass is for? <laughs> Brown nosing time. Tell him that you think that he could be smarter than Donald Trump. Brown nosing time, drop right down to your knees and just kiss his rum. That is how you're gonna get ahead, even though he looks much rather. Yeah, something like that. Hey, stupid. Boy, I'm telling you, what a suckhole I heard yesterday driving home. I'll get into that in just a second. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. Oh. What is it all about St. Patty's Day? <laughs> Drinking green beer? Getting green in the face? Uh, green ham and uh, all that good Irish cuisine? What is Irish cuisine, by the way? Why did he, I, was, I got up this morning, and of course I realized it was St. Patrick's Day, because I felt kind of queasy. Huh? Isn't that how you're supposed to feel on St. Patty's Day, or is that how the Irish are supposed to feel every day? A little bit queasy, like a little hungover? And I'm thinking to myself, how come, like, there's no such thing as um, Italian Day, right? There's no such thing as Schwarzer Day. I mean, we have Martin Luther King Day, but that's to honor a specific person. Uh, there's no uh, Jewish Day. There's no uh, Goyish Day. There's no uh, Polish Day. No Spick Day. No, no uh, Spick Day, right? No um, French Day. Thank God. I thought that was Bastille Day. No Tremen Day? No Yugoslavian Day? So what is the significance of St. Patrick's Day? Do we know? Is this the day that the snakes all, uh, huh? That's all they know about. Potatoes, boiled ham, and snakes. And then this morning, I thought, I thought at least, give credit for the Irish, that they were a little bit classier than the Scottish. I thought that was a Scottish thing with the bagpipes and the kilts. Huh? And they, they go together, I guess, like boiled eggs, ham, and snakes or something like that. And uh, good green beer and green in the face. What is that? Why do we have St. Patrick's Day? And who the F was St. Patrick anyway? So we'll get into that in a minute or two. I'm sure we'll have tons of calls on that, won't we? No. No. That's been that kind of a week. I don't care. 
I don't really care because I got lots of things to talk about today that I would never have talked about if I would have had my radio in the uh, CD position yesterday when I left here. I was listening to a Hank going home yesterday. And I know I've heard this thing once, uh, what, seven or eight times before about, you know, kissing Greg Reed's ass for getting him Stones tickets and all. You know, I guess uh, every time I heard it, I kind of like bit my tongue into the blood a little bit, but I kind of took it with a grain of salt. I thought it was like a little tongue-in-cheek, as in the cheeks of your rectum, that kind of cheek. But yesterday, yesterday, and I'm not one of those people that looks for problems. Contrary to my reputation in this business, I come in, I mind my own business, I stay to myself, 2 o'clock, I'm out the door. I'm not looking for problems. I'm one of those people who's an idealist. I would like things to be real smooth and perfect. I know that's not realistic, but I would like it to be that way, and so I would hope, you know, the best we can, we do it. I'm not looking to create a problem. But when something just really bugs the living snot out of me, I'm I'm not going to sit and uh, not talk about it. And wait till I get to the thing about the program director's desk, by the way. <laughs> this, which I was totally unaware of. We can blame George for this one because he pointed it out to me. Well, you did. You're the one that pointed it out. Like I said, I saw it myself. George didn't point it out. He's not as secure as I am. He you're don't the have one that brought account. up the whole uh, office issue. Yes. And you're the one that, uh, as you were holding your sides, splitting in laughter, said, Oh, have you ever seen Duff's desk, that little post-it stamp? <laughs> you said that. I called it a card table. And so I literally got up out of my seat, which uh, it takes a lot of motivation for me early in the morning. And I walked down the hall about seven feet to my right here. And I looked in Bluff Lindsay's office. I saw a desk the size of an orange crate. And that there, it's not just a, a fact. It's a fact that is symbolic, that, that, that speaks volumes about everything that goes on in this place. You keep calling it a desk. It, well, I'll get to that, okay? we got got four. See, you better learn how to do this, mister. You had trouble filling 20 minutes the other day. i got plenty of practice filling four hours. I've seen the way these phones have been all this week. I'm, I'm going to kill all the good time I can with this crap. Then I'll get back and rip fat Hank in a, a big ass, okay, which he's already got one. Maybe a little less fat than it used to be. But I'm going to tell you, his performance yesterday at 2 o'clock, if I would have eaten a meal, which you know I didn't because I was going to the dentist. And by the way, do I have my mouth guard yet? No. No, I had to get fitted. I'll get into that, too. Two weeks, i got to wait for a goddamn mouth guard, so I'm still grinding it. So I had eaten nothing. If I would have eaten, I, I, one thing, I have uh, a car. I told you that. I've done that once, okay? But I have never puked in car. I've, had, I've been back in my Michigan State days. I was in cars with guys who were drinking a lot of beer who puked in the car. But I've never puked in the car myself. If I would have had any, any food yesterday at all, I would have upchucked all over my beautiful Corvette. Hearing what I heard on the air on the Hank Goldberg show yesterday at about 2.10 for about 10 minutes. And I kept thinking, not that you have to suck, but wow. A suck job, the likes of which, see, you know, anybody can pick on the underlings. Like our program director. Why do I say the program director is an underling? Because we all know that he's a good guy, but he's given no respect, no authority, no clout. He can't even fire an intern. If a stranger, if a deadbeat walks in off the street, he can't even kick him out without going to the big cheese to get permission. Like, should we let this guy hang around in here? Should we feed him? That kind of thing. Now, seriously. So anybody can pick on him. Anybody can pick on the $5 an hour help, those poor guys that work their asses off in the sports department there, the uh, whatever they are, producers, board up. Anybody can rip them an ass and go through tirades and browbeat them. That takes no cajones, it takes no talent, it takes no stature, it takes no standing, it takes no nothing. 
but sucking the ass of the management and the slovenly people that own this place, especially when you've been put to... See, when I shortly after we first came here, I mentioned a couple of times on the year that one of the reasons that this whole way this place is run, uh, why this goes down, is because there are a bunch of pussies working here who've allowed this to go on, who've never stood up for themselves and said, hey, I'm not going to put up with this. You owe me money today. I want it today. I may not need it. I want it today. That's how a business arrangement works. No, they've said, oh, okay, Missa, okay, Missa. You know, it's kind of like that submissive step and fetch it routine, you know. Oh, yeah, Missa Neal, whatever you say, Missa Neal. That kind of crap. And that's the truth. And some people like to, you know, uh, put on this image of braggadocio and the uh, big shots and Mr. Mr. Tough Guy. Anybody, like I said, can browbeat the underlings and verbally abuse the program director when you know he's got a desk the size of a milk crate, you know? What are you laughing about? I have seen, seriously, I have seen, I used to be a stamp collector when I was a kid. Remember those triangles? I've seen stamps that were bigger than Duff Lindsay's desk. I've seen white spiders bigger. I've seen spider bites bigger than Duff Lindsay's desk. So, so pick it on him. He's a good guy. I mean, he's useless, but he's a good guy. Picking on him and, and browbeating him, that takes no talent. But kissing the boss and the management of this slovenly place, kissing their ass, that was puke-inducing to me, Hank. I just, I, I can't believe it. Maybe he was off his feed, you know. Maybe he had missed a few meals yesterday. I'll get back to this. I've got plenty. I've got lots to talk about in this. I do. Lots. To th- because it's uh, <laughs> right on target, baby. Make no that was funny. It was. Puke-inducing. Hey, Greg Reed, you're the great. Oh, God. How could you have any self-respect just saying that? That's what I would like to know. You know? How could you look in the mirror? I know I, I have a hard time doing it. Especially naked. No. If I'm going to suck on something, it's not going to be an oyster. 1015 at 560 WQM. So I'm going to, you know, uh, I'm suspending, you know, we usually play a comedy bit, whatever. I don't have time for that. In fact, I almost interrupted in the middle of the commercial break because... George just told me something, gave me some news in the middle of that uh, spot set there that was so exciting. And, you know, see, I haven't lost it in spite of the fact that the uh, audience has totally lost it. I don't care about uh, these idiotic callers. It's just like the fax machine. Now that the fax machine is in here, because you used to, like, throw 90% of them away, and now that I see all of them, I realize the fax machine is like the phone. There's, like, five callers and three faxers, and that's it. In all of this town, all the whole market, they're all the same people. And there's probably crossover. You know, two of the callers are also two of the three faxers. That's right. So who the hell needs these assholes? I mean, this is the most amazing. This is the epitome of what I'm talking about. We just get a call. George gets a call from my good close friend, Dr. Doolittle. I mean, Dr. Mark, Patch Adams, who's going to be here tomorrow at noon. How do you like that? To take my blood. He's coming up here all the way from the beach, coming over here with his needles and his drugs and going to take my blood. You know something? It's a good thing. God bless you, Dr. Doolittle, Dr. Mark. Because I'm concerned about my kidneys and about my liver and about my bacon and onions. I don't want to be like Walter Payton running around on street corners begging for a liver, you know. It's one thing to be begging for quarters on a street corner. It's another thing to be standing there with a cardboard sign saying, anybody got a liver? Like Jennifer says, which we don't, you know. All of these things. That's right. I don't want to have to do that. I'm a little bit concerned. I'm, uh, this thing, he, he was right. Every day I feel a little bit better. And now that George got the chair straightened out yesterday, I'm not sitting on my kishkis sliding off the chair like a kid in a high chair. I wasn't making that up yesterday either. I felt like a little child sitting in a high chair that was tilted straight at the ground. 
just uh, unbelievably. But George came in here and butched up this great chair that we got from our close personal friend that used to be a sponsor. But at any rate, remember him? He was a interesting guy. That was the only account I think Adam ever had. Adam's a good guy. We got some good salespeople around here. Okay, it's easy to browbeat the salespeople. Anybody can do that. We got some salespeople. I don't want to mention no names who are real assholes. We got some sales management types who are beyond asshole. I mean, whatever is beyond asshole, they're it. You know. But we got some good salespeople. We got John Penis. Adam's a good guy. Brian does a good job. Who am I leaving out? Quick. Uh, Roy. Oh yeah, I left out. Roy. Well, he's he's a face man. He gives a good face. But he's a, he is a good guy. We like Roy Foster a lot. Dara. Dara's nice. She's very nice. Although, no, she's nice. I'm not, I can't say anything. No, she's very nice. But, and uh, who else? Who do we leave out? Oh, then there's uh, Todd Dreck. Yeah, like I said, nothing. He's a good buddy with the fat boy, with Jeff High. And then there's always Gary Cerner. Now, he's totally, uh, we don't see him anymore, right? Like I said, oh! I wonder I'm feeling better. Thank God. Yeah, so anyway, my dentist yesterday, before I get back to a fat Hank and that ass-sucking job he did for uh, 20 minutes yesterday on the boss's butt, you know, I bet you Greg Reed had to call in sick this morning because he's got, like, welts on his uh, rectum from that uh, suck job. Oh, in fact, the whole Beasley family probably had to call in, uh, get a note from the doctor today, calling in sick from the suction job. Jesus Christ. I, You know, I don't. that's one thing I've never been as an ass kisser. I mean, if you do something nice for me, I'll be the first one to say, like, like you know, all I like uh, Sal Falcone with our water and like our friend Joe uh, Rizzoli with our uh, office supplies. These are nice people who have been very nice to us. Uh, our friend Murray, rest in peace, from Wayne Arnold and Wayne himself. There's a lot of people, I'll tell you, they're great folks. They've been very nice to us over the years. But, I mean, I'm just not an ass sucker. It's just not in my uh, repertoire. In addition to which, if I want tickets to some concert, am I going to go to the boss for tickets to a concert? No. Now, I will admit that I did go uh, to the boss, I did uh, as a last resort, for a ticket for a hockey game, not for myself. But for uh, a friend, friends of a friend. And I could have gotten them from a Rimmer. Rimmer could have got me a ticket. I could have gotten them from a lot of places. It's just that we happen to know they got this stuff laying around. And they were nice enough to do it. I could have gone to my good friend Sam and got tickets for that hockey game. Sam is the man. He takes care of me. I heard uh, Hank sucking his ass, too, yesterday. And they hit each other like poison. I mean, why not just say it, Hank? Don't put on a big act. You don't like Sam. He doesn't like you. Okay, he's standing right there now, and he's going, he's giving you the, he's flipping you off. He says you're a fat tub. He doesn't like you. And you don't like him. Just because we work here together, I don't dislike Sam. I don't know Sam. I don't want to know Sam. I mean, he's, he's okay. He's, uh, you know, kind of useless, but he's not a bad guy. <laughs> and he's leaving. All right. <laughs> he left. <laughs> come on and sit down. Hey, come on. No. no, I don't think so, Sam. I'm going home. Where are you going? Home. Sit down. No, no I don't think so. I don't want to talk to you, Sam. Now, he's all right. But, I mean, seriously, if just like Monday, our first day in these new studios here on the third floor, and we get our lunch from Chuck's or whatever. It was from our friend Chuck at the uh, sub-center. Now, see, there's another example. Chuck and Nisi, they've been not just nice to us. They've been great to us since the first week we came on this station. They're right down the street, and we've helped their business go up dramatically. So he says they're right over there somewhere outside. How, do, how am I supposed to know now? I had bad enough. Even with windows before, I had trouble with direction. Now you expect me to point in the right direction? We don't have a window. We're totally like in, we are in two barren rooms, walls, walls with old, marginal, crappy equipment. That's Greg, I, Greg Reed's idea of uh, creating a great 
state-of-the-art broadcast facility. <laughs> Barren rooms with uh, very marginal equipment in them. Although we do have this great new triple-deck cart machine from 1903, and all three of them work. Oh! Now that we're not playing carts anymore. But, uh, you know, so anyway, Chuck is bringing us our food on Monday. And, of course, up here on the third floor, it ain't so easy. We're not going to have people that drop it in off the street. You've got to have your key card. you got to, just to get in where we are now, you got 72 different uh, things you got to go through. you got to keep swiping it and swiping it and wiping it and swiping it. No, seriously, even if you want to go out the hall here to take a, or, or uh, squirt, squirt. whatever, to get back in here, you got to have your uh, key card. you got to swipe it to get back in. And the card, too. So Chuck stops at the front desk, and Carlos is sitting out there, who's a very nice, uh, if not bizarre guy, who's a very bizarre, if not nice guy, uh, sends him back here. And he gets on the intercom and says to George, hey, at least he could get on the intercom and talk to you. We couldn't do it for the uh, sports shows because they don't have a phone, an office phone. They don't have an office phone. Stop, see, stop and think about that. Then we'll get back to Dufflindy's desk. There are mosquitoes in Florida that are bigger than Dufflindy's desk, Okay. There are pimples on your rectum that are bigger than Duff's desk. So Carlos picks up the intercom and says to George, uh, who, uh, who pays for this? Who's uh, bringing the money to pay for the food? And we went, are you kidding us? Is that, is that, it must be his idea of a joke. Pretty good material, not bad. What time's your show on, Carlos? Funnier than the crap they come up with on that morning show on power. Pretty good stuff, Carlos. Who's paying for it? Unlike some of the other shows in this, uh, on this station, we don't pay for it. And the food either. Only $50. No. No. What is wrong with you? Huh? When are you going to grow up? When are you going to get yourself under control? Huh? But anyway, so this thing you followed, I'm listening to the radio, and uh, Hank was, first of all, he started by saying, you know, how he was really uh, in a crappy mood, and he was feeling really bitchy, and then he said, maybe the reason he's bitching everybody out is because Neil came to the station. And I, you know, okay, that's that's amusing. Although, let's say, that, that would be like saying that maybe the reason nobody calls us on this show is because we follow the worst team, you know? Of course not. What's that got to do with it? We're kicking ass. Nobody ever called this show. That's nothing new. I've been doing this for 100 years. But I could handle that. But then, evidently, Greg Reed stuck his head in the door. Okay, our general manager, our slovenly-looking general manager, who's who these days is wearing a real sloppy, bad-looking, faggy Roman haircut, you know, with a hair like over the front of the forehead, like but but like slovenly-looking, real bad, sloppy. And Hank says, "Mr. Reed," and he proceeds to go into a suck fest, the likes of which I have never heard. Again, going back to those Rolling Stones tickets. Now, at that point, I almost stopped the car and pulled out to the side of the road because I remember even before we started on the air here, I kept hearing these stories about the horrible tirades and about all the problems that Greg was having with Hank and Duff was having with Hank. And there were 50 people in this building in tears, most of them guys, by the way, because Hank had browbeaten them and just, uh, and here because of a, a pair of Rolling Stones tickets. And then he went on to talk about who did he watch the concert with in the box? Did you hear this, Joe? The Beasleys. It was just Hank and the Beasleys at the Stonecutter. And what a bunch of great guys they are and just down-to-earth folks. See, down-to-earth doesn't mean you got to look like you crawled out of a dumpster. It doesn't mean you look like you slept in that $50 suit that you brought at Austin Burke. You know, that, that, that's not down-to-earth. That's, uh, you know, smarmy. Cheap is what they are. 
and then, of course, you know, I don't want to mention the Joe Costello story about don't even speak to me, pretend you don't know me. That because you know, when you're when you're one of those three dollar an hour guys, the big shots here don't have time for you know. No, seriously, when you're a big superstar and you're seen on television, you can't afford to be talking to little three dollar an hour guys like Joe Costello. That's not good. It's not good for your image. What? So next time you see him sitting over there in the corner, don't bother him because you're not important enough. I mean, what's, how can anybody name drop? Hey, I was talking to Joe Costello yesterday, and he said, uh, you know, th- does anybody care about that? No. Although once you start, I think that could change once you start this Saturday with that aw- that uh, awful ra- racing show you're going to be doing Saturday morning. Don't forget Joe Costello starting this Saturday, Motorsports Saturday, 6 to 7 o'clock every Saturday morning. Then you'll be a star. Then maybe you can stop by briefly. Okay, and say, how you doing, Hammer? And that's it. That's enough. Then move on like uh, we just know each other casually, not that we know each other well and close, huh? Per- no, listen, I've held back for 14 months. I'm not holding back anymore today, okay? Hank gave me a nice check for Center One. I gave him that Bernstein book to try to help him with his diabetes. We've gotten along fine. He came in on my anniversary show, which, you know, that was nice. But but I, I was so disappointed yesterday. See, because the one thing that I would like to work somewhere where I get some support some people with some balls, some people who've got some clout, who who support me. And I'm always out there on a limb. And what I said now, it turns out that I was right on target. The reason that things have evolved the way they have in this place is because a bunch of spineless wimps have sat back and allowed them to treat them this way with a bunch of half-assed, crappy old equipment that doesn't work, paying people whenever the hell they get around to with their talent fees and whatever, you know, whatever they owe people. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, master. Yes, master. Bend over a little uh, farther, master, so I can kiss your fat. You know, come on. Bend down a little more, master. I thought that maybe I'd have an ally, you know? But what I got is a guy that's only got the balls as far as picking on the little people. The under- Anybody can do that. But to say that these are classy people, down to earth, earthy, that's another word for cheap. Like you could say the French are earthy. They're cheap. Cheap. Disgraceful, shameful. Shame on you, Hank. Shame on you. Your lips must be dark brown. Oh, don't you work for the Dolphins, Fudge Brown? Man, make me realize that we're all alone out here. That's why we're the bad guys. We're the enemy. Although they like us when we get the free food, they like us a lot. All over the building, they love us. They're in here sucking. What a joke! What an embarrassment! That was a great show, bro. But to be honest with you, you stink. What? Well, faith in the girl, lad. After 72 cities in four hours a night, don't you think it's about time you had yourself a shower? Uh, yeah, okay. And I've got just the soap for you. New Irish Springsteen. It's the boss of the order and soap. Strong enough for a sweaty roadie. But I like to in Irish Springsteen. Now you won't be smelling like New Jersey anymore. He uh, does things. 1032 at 560 WQM. He's in a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, though, Bruce Springsteen. Oh. He stinks, but uh, nevertheless, hey, they got bad taste. Just like your buddy Billy Joel. Boy, he makes me nauseous. But anyway, getting back to this. Hey, let's hear all these calls about St. Patty's Day and what it's all about. Come on. I'm not going to take your calls yet, but uh, get on the phone. Huh? We had a few calls in there, but they didn't hang on because obviously I don't want any calls yet. I may not take any all day because I'm on a roll now. 
these are the kind of shows I find very entertaining. Maybe the audience doesn't, but I sure do. George does. In fact, I bet you everybody in this building is like glued to the, I bet you the monitors are up so loud the speakers are vibrating all over this building right now. See, we may be on the th- same floor now, but we understand we're still in a vacuum on this radio station. We know that it's a sports fag station. We understand that, which is why they're talking about some stupid tennis tournament this week, and last week it was some stupid golf tournament. I mean, you know, this is uh, is crap is what it is. Everybody with a brain knows that. Like the guy that calls a couple of days ago, uh, a very young Florida Gator team, click, millions of dials are, are changing right now at that moment. You can, you can hear it all over town. You hear that big blast. Somebody thinks it was a nuclear explosion. No, everybody raced for their dial, just as that that boring terminal caller. A very young Florida Gator team. Yeah. You're boring, sir. Boring. Yeah. Boring. Just like those chronics. We had a lot of them yesterday, too, and I apologize for that. It's been a really bad week as far as calls in our brand-new studios here. With our new phone system, which we never got, by the way, that was another Beasley Reed lie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were supposed to have a new phone system once we moved up here on the third floor. Did we get it? No. Same crappy phone we had on the floor, on the uh, second floor. Same piece of crap. And like I said, these people that put up in the, with that old building for all and all those lies all that time, see, when they weren't going to build us a studio here, as they promised a little over a year ago, we threatened to take them to court to sue their ass. And all of a sudden, we had a, a studio down there on the third floor, I say, whatever, whatever floor that was, the 85th floor. That's right, because we threatened to sue their ass. But these people here, well, okay, if you want us to work with this crappy old stuff for the rest of our lives, well, we don't like it, and it's rat-infested and bug-infested and blah, 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 but whatever you say, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. And I come over here thinking, well, hey, maybe I'll be like the ringleader, okay, get some other people to join along and protest to this disgusting anti-human way. They build new studios up here on the third floor for Power 96. I'm going to tell you something. The, even in outer space, they never saw stuff like what they got over there. Space age. Even Howard never saw a studio like they got. Am I right? State of the art. In fact, even beyond, whatever is state of the art, it's beyond. It's 100 light years ahead of state of the art. That's what they got at Power 96. Plus all the billboards and the, the uh, bus signs and the uh, TV spots, billions of dollars of promotion, plus, of course, giving all the money away on here to buy the audience, to buy all those little Julios. And Juliet's. They got, see, they got all the, you know, that's one thing. We don't have one young Cuban woman that listens to this show. Not one. What does that tell you? That tells you if you're willing to pay the right price, they're willing to do whatever you want. That's why they listen to Power 96. Certainly their taste can't be that bad, could it? No. No. They got better taste than the crappy music they're playing over there. That's what Kid Curry was telling me in the hall yesterday. He said, we buy our audience. I said, yeah, we know that. And we resent it bitterly because here on the AM, we get, we get dreck. We get tossaways, we get discards. Let's see if we got one young Cuban woman under the age of like, let's say 35. That's pretty young uh, for our crowd as far as Cuban women. Let's see if there's one. Come on, just, this is just a test. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on a mobile one line. I, I guarantee you that I could give that number out from now until a week from Sukkot. There wouldn't be one call because we have no young Cuban women. Not that we really care. George would like some. He'd like like a whole baby of them lined up at the door, especially if they got a big shapely. Wreck them. But uh, don't they all? Huh? And don't they wear all wear that like excessive jewelry and uh, too much makeup? Most of them, yeah. And talk like uh, Lucy Ricardo. See that? Nothing. The phone is as dead as a doornail. We don't have one. Now, you Cuban guys we got, we don't want to talk to them. They're a waste of our time. But Cuban women. Oh, by the way, speaking of that, wait till I get to that passage. Oh, wait a minute. QAM, Cuban line. Good morning. I want to send a... No, no, no. Get out of here. See what I'm saying? 
I made myself very clear, didn't I? I'm not ready for you other bozos. I'm talking about young Cuban women right now under the age of 100. Five, six, seven. Cinco, seis, siete. Huh? We have to give the whole thing in Espanol? You think so? Yes. Five, six, seven, oh, five, sixty. Pound, five, sixty on a mobile one line. If there's a Cuban woman, QAM, Cuban line. Hello. Are you Cuban? Mm, kind of. You have I'm a married Cuban. with a Cuban husband. You have a little Cuban in you? Yes. But you're not Cuban. Where are you from? Columbia. No, get out of here. <laughs> Why are you answering those? I'll take these. I want to get this on here right away. I want to see if we have a Cuban young woman. What, is there one on here? On seven. Sounds like one. Hola. Hello. Hello. Yes, ma'am. Who's this? This is me. Is this you? Yes. This is Neil. Neil Royes. <laughs> Are you a young Cuban lady? Yes, I am. And you listen to this show? Yes. It's oh! Oh, God! I can't believe it. And the phone's lighting up like a Hanukkah bush. You see? You you always get what you ask for. That's what you think. <laughs> that's, that's not what Enrique said. <laughs> now, do you, do you listen to Power 96? No, I, I love you. Boom. Oh, God, I love you. If I were so inclined, I'd uh, whisk you off of your, uh, wherever you're sitting right now and uh, take you off into the sunset. I can't listen to that boom-boom music. There you go. God bless you, sweetheart. Have a great day. Happy St. Well, Patrick's Day. Thank you, too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. How do you like that? See, there's a bunch of Juliets on there. Like I said, we love our young Cuban women. Don't answer those. Yeah, we, we believe you. Just say goodbye. Get out of here. There are a million people on there now. Look at that. Take some numbers, George. Maybe, maybe we can give them out on the air. Maybe that's what we'll do. We'll fix guys up that can't get laid. Because those young Cuban women, man, I'll tell you, they're ready. If you got some money, some credit cards. Nice huh? car, nice clothes. That's right. Some nice jewelry, huh, so they can go out there on South Beach. Wait till I get to the uh, paragraph about South Beach in this Cunanan book. Oh, it, But I am going to read the other thing again about the glory holes. Because one thing, I told George this before, and I think he kind of resented it, but he knows it's true. In his heart, he knows it's true. It is true. About that. About straight people being very... Uh, no, no, seriously, I'm, I don't want to say that us fags are smarter than anybody else, but it's just amazing that so many street people are just so sheltered. Maybe it's an act. Maybe if they pretend they understand what some of these things are about. Uh, like, like, what's a glory hole? I never heard. What is that? Huh? These are the same people, by the way, that are running up to Graceland to see how Elvis is doing. The same assholes. So sheltered. You know, you got to get with it. you got to get with the life. I mean, even if some of these things are disgusting and gross, they're no more disgusting and gross than some of the stuff you guys are doing, okay? Like that week we had about anal sex. Rectum. That's all they wanted. Every straight guy in this town. Oh, yeah, we love that uh, brown eye, baby. Brown-eyed girl, brown-eyed anything. Anything with a brown eye. We love it. We want it. They wanted it. Yeah. We're perverted, but you guys, you're uh, normal, right? You're, uh, yeah. 21 before 11 at 560 WQAM. God, I'm feeling better today. Thank God now I feel better because Dr. Mark is coming tomorrow. Oh! Dr. Uh, Doolittle. Thank God for him. I love you, Mark. You're the only one that's going to save my life because those fakers up at Cleveland Clinic, they don't give a crap about me. They got all those old people to save first. You want to go in and see people all over the age of 100? Go up to any of the waiting rooms at the Cleveland Clinic. I'm, I'm sure they're nice to me in there. Believe me, they're very nice, and I appreciate that. I may need them again someday. But, God, I mean, talk about... And, and when you walk into the room, you look around and you say, why are you wasting your time here? What, what's the point? Why bother, you know? Enough for the talking. Say, kids, what's real bad for you but tastes real good? Sugar! What gives you the excess energy to drive mom crazy? Sugar! So, what breakfast cereal will you tell mom to buy next time she goes shopping? Sugar, 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 sugar. 
Soon, super sugar-coated sugar shockers are little bits of raw cane drenched in honey and coated with powdered sugar, glucose, fructose, corn syrup, and other natural sweeteners. And they Right, because there's no yucky vitamins or minerals to spoil your fun. Yeah! How does it make you feel? Like I'm vibrating. <laughs> Moms love sugar shockers, too, because inside every box, there's a free bottle of new Flintstones Chewable Valium. Yeah! Super sugar-coated sugar chocolate from your friends at Irresponsible Foods. 1045 at 560 WQM. Let's uh, talk to some of these ladies who held on. I can't believe it. There's a lady mobile in Miami. Hello. Yes. Hi. I'm a young Cuban woman. Well, semi-young. 38. And I'm also the elevator lady. You're what? The elevator lady from the Panther game. Oh, yeah. The elevator lady. Right. How you doing? Real good. How about you? Excellent. Oh, I just wanted to let you know I'm listening. God bless you, sweetheart. Okay, take care. See you at the old Macarena. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. The elevator. I'll tell you, you know, who's a big fan of mine, although I don't know if she has a uh, radio in her uh, booth. You know my friend Sylvia with the red hair with the long fingernails at the uh, Turnpike Toll Plaza out there? She is. I love you, Sylvia. She don't have a radio out there. Every day on the way home. Now, she doesn't work every day. The one I'm talking about the uh, toll, the boots right by uh, PP Stadium, you know, on the way back to the Turnpike to go back up north to go home. But the days that she's working, it puts a big smile on my puss when I go through there and hand her the 50 cents and uh, she, with her little broken accent. She's the best. Sylvia, you're a sweetheart, honey. I love you. See, there's some nice people in this town. Not too many, about 50 of us. But there are some of us who are okay. Love, Sylvia. Here's a lady in Weston. Hello. Lady in Weston. Hello. Yes, ma'am. How are you? Great. How you be? Good. I'm a Cuban lady. All right. Years old. All right. Yeah. This is a shock. <laughs> I couldn't. Seriously, I would have bet a lot of George's money that we wouldn't have gotten one call. Well, yes, we do. And you listen. My husband every... listens to you every morning. Really? Yes. Yeah. I don't because I'm at work, but my husband listens to you. Well, that's good enough for us. <laughs> Thanks, sweetheart. You're welcome. Happy uh, St. Patty's Day. Same to you. Bye bye. Bye bye. So anybody called yet about St. Patrick's Day and why they get no. drunk on this day? No. Manishtana, halala, hazeh. Why is this day any different from any other day? Here's a lady in Hialeah. Hello. Good morning, Neil. Yes, ma'am. Hi, this is uh, this is a 36-year-old Cuban woman. Oh, my God. Oh! I just wanted to call and say hi. Now, listen, uh, i got to ask you one question. Do you listen to the other parts of the radio station? Do you listen to the morning team, the worst team? Well, mainly it's my uh, fiancé, Roger. He listens to you every day. Right. And I, I listen to you maybe every Tuesday and Thursday. Well, that's good enough. That, that's a good start. You kind of kind of ease into it. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Thanks. Have a great day. How do you like that? Okay, that's enough of that. It's uh, boring. No, seriously, they're very nice. They're out there. Because i got to have some time here to talk about Duff's desk, about that suction job that went on. Let me let me say this. I met one of the Beasleys. I can't. I really can't figure out one from the other because they all smell. I mean, they all look the same pretty much. And maybe they're very nice people. I don't know. They were. In fact, that was after the first rating book came out when we first started on the year here about a year ago. And they went out of their way. They didn't have to do that. But the one guy, he came in and thanked me profusely for what I've done for the station and the great ratings and all the money I'm bringing. It was very nice. And I thought that was a classy thing to do. Now, he did look pretty sloppy. Huh? 
Maybe he, maybe his hotel was full. Maybe they, his reservation was missed the night before. You know, he just come into town. Maybe he had a sleep under 395. You know, there's a lot of people sleep out there. Maybe he was hanging out with the locals under the overpass or over the underpass. Huh? Could have been. He looked like he slept in a suit, and he looked like he just bought it at Goodwill. But other than that, he seemed like a pretty decent guy. So maybe they're nice people, but that's not really relevant. Greg Reed is a nice guy. I've always said he's not a bad guy, but he, when it comes to the business, he's a oh. zero. They give us nothing. Oh, you want a you want a uh, 800 number? Oh well, no. no, that costs money. You want a real desk for the program director? No, no that costs money. You want like an office phone for the uh, sports nerds up there that are on 20 hours a day? No. That costs money. You want more uh, water for the office of people up there here on the third floor? Now you want them to be able to drink as well without rationing it with the water Nazi? No. Can't do that. It costs money. You know what we ought to do? We ought to start to ingratiate ourselves since we've already done it with the food. We ought to start uh, putting bottles of Soleil water out in the hallway just on the floor out there and see how fast those get gobbled up. I mean, that's already been going. We've had some people. We don't want to mention their names because we like them or we wouldn't have shared. Maybe we could get a cooler, someone to donate a cooler for the uh, Oh, the we, could, the we can get whatever we want. Free. We don't pay for it on this show. Not that I haven't in the past. But that's a, that's a long time ago in different in different days gone by. No, we don't pay for it on this show. If it's a meal, free. It's the, it's the South Florida effing way. You know that. If I if, if the one thing you don't learn after being here as long as I have is how to be a good schnorrer and get everything in the world for free, then what the hell have you learned? How much clout could you possibly have having to beg for something? When the backdoor boys were here, remember our good friend Woody Graber? Got me that pneumonia out that awful place. I don't want to mention that uh, amphitheater up there, the Coral Sky in Palm Beach County, because he'll get upset again. What a toilet that is. But we got free tickets. Had the guys on the show. That was for free. I wouldn't pay them. But at any rate, whatever it is we want. So water, we get that. Our, our good buddy, Sal Falcone, great guy. We want olive oil. We want a meal. We got a choice. We don't have just, and how long did that take us? When we first started that first December 30th, and we're thinking on the air out loud about, well, we're not in the best neighborhood, and since we're not all that much into jerk chicken, and jer maybe a little jerk pork I might be into, but not jerk chicken, you know. And uh, right off the bat, here was our buddy uh, Chuck. From day one at the sub center, not and not see. It's one thing if you get crap for free, but when it's good stuff and you get it for free, then you go. Yeah, then you're really accomplishing something. Anybody can get slop, you know. Although around here, I guess they're, they're not even good at getting slop for free. They got to pay for it. So if we want to like get a water cooler up here, we could do that. No, in a heartbeat. If I can get my doctor to come here and take blood. On during the show again for the second time he's done this now. And this is a busy guy, Dr. Doolittle. He's a busy guy. He's busy being a big shot with the doctors, with the organizations around the state. He's, I mean, he's a well-intentioned guy. He means well. He doesn't do much, but he's a good guy. He really cares about me. You'd never know it, but he really cares, and he's going to be here tomorrow. Now, that's not, now that will not be for free, by the way. I should retract that. Like I said, it's going to cost an arm and leg, but he's coming to me. How many other people have their doctor, like in the old days, come to them anymore? Anybody out there do that? No. They won't come to you. you got to go there and sit in those sterile offices that kind of look like these two rooms that George and I are in right now. I was telling George that this morning. That Greg Reed was. I remember the day he came to me a few weeks ago after they had first belatedly during that awful Super Bowl week. Remember all the crap we went through? 
and they finally got into those rooms over here on the other side of the hallway, which are big and sterile. Have none of the good stuff they got at Power 96. Same crappy equipment that they had out in the awful building on Sheridan Street. Same old dreck. Which is why the move was as, it was as unprofessional and as bungling as it was, because if they were building new studios with all new equipment in it, they could have left the old one one day, gone to the new one the next day, and been ready to rock and roll. But no, they had to have all this crossover time because they were moving the same old crappy equipment, the outdated dreck from the other place, into this building. That, that would, that would be like buying the, Versace Mansion and putting a bunch of old used furniture in there from Goodwill. Right? That's a, that's a good analogy. That would be like buying the Taj Mahal and putting in furniture there from one of those rental joints, you know. Aaron Rents. Oh, I'm sorry. That's one of our, I love Aaron Rents. Isn't that one of our sponsors? I don't know. I think that, maybe it is. We do like them a lot. I used to have an uncle named Aaron. Muggsy. Bookie. But at any rate, he was, Aaron. So uh, before I get into the good stuff here about Duff's desk, since I'm really on a roll, I want to tell you about our good friend Mark Benson, okay, who called on the show a few days ago. He's an asshole. On behalf of Henry Barrow. See, that's another thing. I'm not one of those people that sucks up to people on the phone or in person and then rips them behind the back. Remember when he called and I said what an asshole he was right to his face, and he is? And he thought he was going to suck around because, you know, he was. I'm, I don't play that game. If I think you're an asshole, I'll tell you to your face, on the phone, whatever, or behind your back. All three of the above, not just one of the three. So anyway, this Mark Benson calls in, who somehow has managed to be Henry Burrow's uh, sidekick, agent, whatever he is. And by the way, everybody over there at Waxy has the same opinion about him. He's an asshole. So during the call, during the course of that long, ponderous call, and I apologize for keeping him on that long. During the course of the call, he said, oh, yeah, well, you know, uh, the ratings that just came out on Henry's show and our show on Waxy, some pretty interesting numbers there in these ratings that just came out. Well, the ratings that just came out, the trend from Arbitron that just came out a few days before that awful call, I thought, well, I'll give it a look. I've got them at home. So last night, a bolt of inspiration struck me. And I thought, oh, they're sitting over there on the coffee table. I'm going to pick up those trends and take a look. And maybe Henry and uh, your good friend Roger Maggot, uh, Maggot Lynn, Maybe they actually went up in the morning. Did they go up? No. Wait till you hear this. I picked out, because, you know, some people pick and choose. You know, this demographic, we did great. Pygmies under 25 years old, we did good. Julio women like we're doing here. So I picked all the demographics that we got. Persons 12 plus, that's the total audience. Waxy in the morning, that's the Henry Barrow Roger Magdalene show, went from a 0.9 to a 0.4. Woo! 0.4, that's like, that means barely on the ear. You think somebody stabbed Rainier in the back? Yes. Okay. Then uh, men 18 plus, 6 to 10 a.m., they went from a 0.8 to a 0.3. Okay. These are those interesting numbers you were talking about, right, Mark Benson? Is that uh, these the ones? Uh-huh. They're interesting, all right. Persons 25 to 54, that's the great demo that all the advertisers want. This is the heart, the meat and potatoes of our broadcast industry. 6 to 10 a.m., 25, 54 persons from a uh, 0.4 to a 0.1. A point one. And you're asking yourself, what's the point of even turning on the transmitter for a point one? You know, they, I mean, seriously, they could put our farting sounds on for four hours in the morning over there and do better than a point one. I'll even loan them the farting sounds. How about it, Henry? What do you say? Uh-huh. Okay. And women 18 plus, because you figure, well, Rainier used to have, you know, old women listening. If anybody's going to listen to that way, they got uh, Sandy on there. Oh, my God, he looks just as slovenly as he did yesterday. I, I would have thought yesterday after what I said, and I, I don't say it because I don't like you. You're a good guy. You're like, uh, you know, been very nice to me. But you look, you know, look in the mirror. Don't you have a mirror? You're like Bella Lugosi, Greg. 
Oh, you know something? I think he did straighten his hair out. And then when when he walked in and Hank sucked his butt the other day, I think it it blew his hair all out of shape. How how did you? I mean, were you really buying that? Were you really believing into that? With all the all the conflicts that you've had with a fat man, were you? Re- he's, he's shaking his head no, feverishly no. He's giving like salute, our Italian salute. Oh, that's an Irish salute. He said Happy St. Patrick's Day, Hank. That's what he said. He said no. He didn't believe. And so he said, by the way, the Beasleys didn't like you either. No, that's just a joke. He didn't say that. They're classy guys. They're just the sloppy dresses like Greg. No, it's a nice suit. You're right. The suit, from the neck down, you look beautiful today. You're impeccable. From the chin up, uh, you know, the hair. What are we going to do about it? Get it. Call Charles Alfieri and see if he can't help this man. I'm beyond help. I'm an old fart, okay? But you're a, you're a general manager. You're like an executive. You know, you go to those big meetings. You go to the courtrooms for those big lawsuits with Wayne, that stuff. You should look presentable. Before I started working here, people used to say, what happened to Greg? And, of course, I never knew him before. And I thought, How, what do I know what happened? And they'd say, he used to be so classy looking. Now it looks like his head, like, it's the hair. It's the hair. Do something with it. You're getting that Jeff Rimmer. In fact, talk to Rimmer. He'll teach you how to grease it back like the four hairs he's got left. He'll teach you how to slick it back. And we'll look at Greg and say, boy, we got a slick boss here or what? Yes. This is my third try, folks. <laughs> I want a cold beer and I want it colored green. It is St. Patrick's Day, so all things must be green. I'm gonna celebrate and put some green clothes on. I'm gonna look like a big stupid leprechaun. Happy, but no one marching is gay. I'm gonna keep on drinking beer that's colored green. I'll drink until the colored green is what I'm seeing. We are all Irish when St. Patrick's Day is here. So eat potatoes, hate the English, and drink beer. I'm gonna be a He's in your old house. Okay, it's uh, 10, 1103 at 560 WQM. Greg Reed was just in here promising to go out and get a haircut. That's all right, okay? And I got some even better news for you to show you who's got the clout in this place. We got a water cooler coming. Oh! How long did that take? About 10 minutes? See, that's the one skill. Maybe I'm a fat old fag, whatever I am, okay, which is all true. But you know something? The one skill that I've acquired over the years when you've got some clout, when you mean something, when you're not just blustering a bunch of uh, wind, you know? When you're not just blowing smoke, which anybody can do. When you produce, when you come up with the goods, that's what it's all about. You know, just like we went to Vegas. We didn't just talk about doing the trip to Vegas. We did a trip. We did three trips to Vegas. And, yes, they took years off our lives, and we had all kinds of problems. And Bob Lincoln is still bringing me those travel books, so he's still a good guy. Oh, wait till I tell him. I'm not going to tell anybody about this new deal I got with Bob. Well, it's not a deal with him, but that he helped to hook me up with as far as flying over the pond. Oh. This could be spectacular. I love you, Bob Lincoln, and Spider Vegas, okay? Even the Panthers are singing, Viva Las Vegas. They're singing a little better than you sang it, Bob. 
Yeah, I feel I feel much better than I have the last two days, physically and mentally and emotionally. Because I'm 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 not, you know, I got to turn over a new leaf. It's St. Patrick's Day. I'm not holding anything back anymore. I'm letting it all out. You know, if you're going to act like a jackass, I'm going to call you right here on the air, okay? And I like Hank. You know, what's not to like? Hank is like all of us in a business, a little strange. He's got his up days, his down days, his manic days. I like Hank. I don't have a problem with him. But that that thing he did yesterday, I was just crushed by it. Do you, do you think he was really serious when he was on there sucking their ass uh-huh. for a couple of Rolling Stones tickets? I mean, if, if he went to see somebody good, somebody that was still alive that was performing, that was somebody that was good. Then maybe, I still would have been embarrassed, but maybe I could have handled it a little bit better. But to go see a geriatric rock group that hasn't hit a correct note in 15 years on stage, that you would lower yourself to that level to kiss this man's butt, and the Beasleys, every day from the day, until the day they moved out of that other building on Sheridan Street, every single day of my life, I heard about the rat-infested bug-infested toilet and the crappy equipment and no exterminator and all, and all of those things were true. Every single one of those things were absolutely true. All of these things. And I thought, well, thank God at least I got one ally that's not a wimp and an ass kisser, okay? I know the guys in the morning show, Defoe, he just doesn't make any waves, okay? He's, I, I like Defoe, he's a good guy. But he's not the kind of guy that's going to make any waves. He needs the job, you know? Cost a lot of money with those messy divorces. He needs the, the uh, job and the money. Joe, I don't know, Joe. Joe's got a big head. He's got the TV job. Joe's a good guy. Joe, the little dog, he's a good guy. He just keeps his nose clean. Although it does seem to me, if my memory isn't slipping, remember, in the I would say in the first six months we were on this station, Joe Rose was always the guy. I mean, Hank got suspended like two summers ago, which I think that was, uh, I take Hank's side on that. That was bullcrap. That was because of the water Nazi and the sales Nazi. That was a bunch of bullcrap, okay? So he did abuse him a little bit. You know, he browbeat him a little. We ought to be used to that. We got a lot of suits going on in this place. But uh Joe is always the one getting suspended, remember? And, and of course in this place it's kinda like uh you don't know whether to believe it or not. The boy who cried wolf syndrome. Is he on vacation? Was he really getting suspended? Did he decide to take the day off and play uh, golf one day? Uh-huh. You know, well I mean nobody really knew for sure. So he seemed to be kinda like Pecker uh Peck's little bad boy, the little dog. And then of course Geldy, uh Remember what Marlon Brando said about Fredo in The Godfather? Ah, Fredo, eh, you know. That, that's what you say about Kelly, eh, you know. You just shrug your shoulders, eh, you know. What are you going to say about him? Like he's got some balls? Like no. He's going to start up? No. You don't look to, for him to be an ally. You just look for him to be out on, on the road a lot with a hockey team, like he is right now. Oh! Oh, by the way, we got uh, Hank is going to be, where is he going to be today? Hank is going to be at the, uh, oh, at Fort Lauderdale Stadium. Because we got that uh, the Marlins at the Orioles tonight at six fifty, so Hank will be doing a show out there. Boog will be doing a short show from six to six fifty. Boy, I sure hope the two of them leave some uh, food at the concession for everybody else. Marlins at the Orioles, and then at, uh, right after that game, the Panthers at San Jose, ten o'clock tonight out on the West Coast. Big trip for the Panthers after that trip to Vegas, which a lot of people are making a big deal about. Why, why does anybody care about that? They're entitled. I mean, I think they should have kept Robbie Niedemar out of there. Greg Reed was just telling me about how the crowd booed the hell out of Robbie when he missed the empty net from eight feet away at the end of that Tampa game the other night, but he had a chance to sew the game up, which I did see the highlight, and I read about it, but I wasn't aware of the fact that the crowd, the crowd has really been on him like stink on crap, you know, and I'm, I, I say to this, oh! and it's about time that David J. Neal and Michael Russo stopped going to him for quotes, talking about how the rest of the team, the team's got to do this. Stop talking about what everybody else has got to do, Robbie. You're making like $2.5 million a year. How about doing something yourself once in a while? And, yeah, he did score the only goal in the game, but I could have scored from there, okay, on that pass. 
But Jesus Christ Almighty, I mean, the butch up and do something, mister. All talk, no cash. Kind of like this place. So Greg's going out to get a haircut. Oh! Now, you got to admit, he, he he looks ridiculous with his hair, doesn't he? With his hair like that. Come on, you can say it. You're going to be doing this show some days. I don't think straight men should wear that haircut. There there you go. What And what did I say? It uh, looks like a faggy Roman haircut. Now, I know he and his family loved Italy. I told them they would, and they did. They loved Rome. They loved all Italy. Plane trip back wasn't too good, but nevertheless. But just because you like Italy, you don't come back with that Mark Antony uh, faggy. Even Luis Miguel got rid of that, okay? In fact, you, you do remember, after Luis Miguel had that haircut is when he started uh, dating all these women, supposedly. <laughs> yeah, all these engagements. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he elopes with Gloria Estefan pretty soon, Luis. After, and it was only when he felt he had to butch up his image a little bit after that haircut. You won't see Ricky Martin walking around with that haircut. No. Of course, we all know about Ricky Martin. Oh, and guess what? Oh, the tabloids. Madonna was all over Ricky Martin at the Grammys. Like there's something going to come out of that? No. Anyway, boy, I am so, you know something, if I ever get back to feeling uh, normal, I'm going to be dangerous. I've been sick for three months. You know that. All these people think I come on here just to belly. I don't want to be sick. I want to feel like a human being. I was going to say I want to feel like me. No, I want to feel like uh, uh, Brandon, Brandon Barmer. I'll wait till you see how we're going to decorate this studio, by the way. Talk about a gay sports club. We wait to see how I'm going to, because we got barren walls. It looks very, uh oh. Sterile in these two rooms, but you wait till the end of next week. It's going to be beautiful. It's incredible to me. Incredible. I want a cold beer and I want it colored green. It is St. Patrick's Day, so all things must be green. I'm gonna celebrate and put some green. You're looking for glory holes. I'm gonna look like a big stupid leprechaun. I'm gonna hang out at the bar and eat corned <laughs> Don't really like it, but I eat it cause it's cheap. And then I'll go downtown to watch the big parade. <laughs> Everyone's happy, but no one marching is gay. I'm gonna keep on drinking beer that's colored green. I'll drink until the color green is what I'm being. We are all Irish when St. Patrick's Day is here. <laughs> so eat potatoes, hate the English, and drink beer. I'm gonna be It puts the lotion in the basket. Happy St. Patty's Day from all your uh, Jewish friends here at 560 WQM. We're still waiting for somebody to explain to us why we have St. Patrick's Day and what it's all about. Is it about the four-leaf clovers, you think? No. Is it about uh, corned beef and cabbage? No. Potatoes? Potato famine? No. Is it about all those snakes? No. Huh? Is it about the Irish killing each other in the Northern Ireland? Yeah. Well, that's what it's all about. Is that going to stop anytime soon? No. Like the Arabs and the Jews killing each other in the Middle East, is that ever going to stop? No. So that's what we're having a party about. Let's have a big parade because at least the Irish over here are still alive, as opposed to the ones that keep dropping La Bamba in Northern Ireland. That wouldn't have anything to do with religion, would it? Yeah. No. So anyway, getting back, uh, and don't let me forget because the big topic of the day today is Duff's desk. Thank you, George. George gave me a great topic today. 
No, seriously. I mentioned that to him when the, Greg was in here. See, one difference about me, I'm not an ass kisser, okay? Well, you saw when Greg popped his head in the door, I said, Jesus, you still look like crap. When are you going to get that haircut? I don't kiss the boss's ass. You know, and like I said, he's a good guy. He means well. He's, uh, you know, a little bit uh, slow, but he means well. Knows nothing about this business, but he means well. He, unfortunately, is uh, the victim of a lot of uh, naked pictures around the building. He can't help that. By the way, now that I have those, uh, my pass key, you know, to get up here, I may be sneaking in the building about 2 in the morning someday, like on a weekend, rifling through the various drawers around and finding out who's got the various naked pictures, as if I don't already know where to start looking. You know what I'm talking about? Roy! No, no, he's just a uh, face guy. He's in the pictures. Yeah, he's in the pictures. Oh, and Greg? I don't think so. So anyway, uh, I do have to, i got to read a couple of things to you from this great book. And you, you know something, even if you didn't care about Andrew uh, Cunanan or Gianni Versace, which I never heard of him before he got off, I heard of his clothing line, I never heard of him, uh, and still couldn't care less. But this book by Maureen Orth, it's uh, its pretty interesting, especially when you get into the last third of it or so, when it starts dealing with the Versace thing and all the stuff on South Beach and all the uh, parts of it here with the, and how the Mommy Herald screwed the story all up. And my good close friend, Gail Not-So-Bright, is even mentioned in this story about how she was the head of the cops on that red pickup truck that Cunanan stole from the caretaker he shot in Jersey. Even Gail Not-So-Bright had it spotted there parked in that parking garage down there on South Beach. While the cops were still trying to figure out what happened to those 3,000 leaflets that were sitting in the back of that FBI guy's car that never got passed out. And the Herald was blowing the story because they had pissed off the beach police and they weren't giving them any information. That, that's pretty interesting for those of us who uh, have to live here. But yesterday I read a passage from page 93 in here. I just, I don't think it's sunk in. And I read it again because every time I read this, I actually wet my pants. Squirt, squirt. I really do. Especially in Marines doesn't understand these things, or at least they pretend they don't understand. Now, I will say this. If we had unisex toilets, I can assure you that the heterosexual community would not only understand glory holes, they would be experts at glory holes. Every straight man in America would be walking around with a, with a uh, power drill attached to his hip. Huh? with a power tool attached to his side. See, you know, I was thinking, maybe Maureen thinks that, maybe, she, maybe because she's married to Tim Russert and they only do it in the dark because who would turn the lights on if you're married to him? Maybe she thinks that a guy's penis is attached to his foot. Huh? Because that's the only way she could have written this thing. Well, listen to it again, okay? See, you figure it out. Barely large enough to accommodate a man's finger. Lunchtime is the best time to visit it. Stephen Zeeland writes this in the article, Killer Queen, published in Seattle's gay magazine, The Stranger. Holes like this are known as glory holes. Oh, my God. In 1995, Zeeland says he told Jay Buckman about this especially beautiful man he'd seen there three times. The guy was shy, and only once briefly did he kneel down in accordance with the prevailing etiquette, stick his penis under the stall. <laughs> Most of the time, we just watched each other through the hole or took turns sticking our pinkies through it, touching just barely the tips of each other's penises. Zeeland learned to identify the man by the cartoon mouse tattooed on his ankle. <laughs> so seriously, maybe Maureen Orth believes that your penis is attached to your foot. Huh? Because otherwise, how could you put it under, under the stall? Maybe it's attached to your toe. 
just, just uh, maybe let that sink in for a little while. But now it comes to the, here's the even more provocative part. Maybe I'll read a page a day from this book on here, just a few, a couple of short paragraphs. Page 303. This is, this is good stuff. Because this bears out exactly what I've been saying. Not that I need any, uh, you know, reinforcements. Although it'd be nice to have some reinforcement around this place, but I'm not getting any. But at any rate, uh, let's see, it was another gay club paragon that one night Versace spotted a, oh, this it goes on about Versace and what a flaming, how he was picking up all these young guys he had this guy procuring for them. Uh, it was another gay club paragon that one night Versace spotted a go-go boy dressed as an angel and began to beckon to him. At first, the go-go dancer said, get away, old man. I've heard that. Then Versace pointed to his chest and mouthed, Versace, the boy hopped down from the stage. Versace even used to employ a doorman from the Warsaw, Jamie Cardona, to be his procurer. Cardona would take boys to the back door of Casa Casarina, which was the Versace mansion, to be auditioned. Versace is central to the mythification of this place, says Professor Ralph Heindels, a gay Belgian who teaches French history and literature at the University of Miami and lives in South Beach. All these models look Latin, he said. That was his preferred type, Versace, Cuban boys. South Beach is the Latin gay capital of the world. So many boys from all over South America are dreaming to get to the USA, so they jump on a plane, and all of a sudden, one Versace or another will adopt them, and in that sense, it is much more than Hollywood. For young boys, it is much more alluring than Hollywood. Tom Austin says the whole point of South Beach is sex. Never has there been such an accumulation of sex, money, or sex for free in history, plus, of course, the drugs, which it goes on about. One's priorities, says Heindels, are based on desire. Desire renders you more vulnerable. This country, the U.S., is always about organizing around your work. On South Beach, gay culture is driven by desire in the immediate sense. Dana Keith, former Versace fitting model, now concierge at Hotel Astor, favored by the hip in Hollywood, explains the scene by saying, what is the vibe of the room? What is the level of the drugs? How many cute guys are there? It's a pretty mixed up sense of priorities, but on South Beach, that's the way of it is. The cycle of the dominant South Beach culture is this. A, go to the gym. B, go to the beach and plan for the evening. C, go to the clubs, and D, trip on ecstasy with friends who have successfully completed A, B, and C, thereby establishing oneself in an untouchable circle of gods. South Beach is the Latin gay capital of the world, boys and girls. Oh! How do you like that? And I didn't make that up. Maureen Orth says that. There's no fact in, in the church. F and A, baby. We just made that up. So anyway, getting back to Duff's desk. Huh? South Beach. What did I tell you about South Beach, man? Drugs and uh, and fags. That's what it's all about. That's a gay club, you moron. Right. And a lot of people, by the way, doing unprotected sex. Lots and lots and lots of HIV on South Beach. You want to come up with like a uh, surprise. And, of course, when you're on ecstasy, it kind of like, uh, you know, takes away your inhibitions and your common sense and, uh, you know, any sense of precaution. And so there's a lot of people spreading it, so to speak, on South Beach and disease, too. They're spreading it. Rectum. So getting back to Duff's desk. Well, let's take a call or two first, because that's going to take quite a while. No, there, there's some very heavy symbolism in that. It's kind of like a like a penis thing, you know? It's the way culture looks at uh, this whole, like, penis size. You know, like, uh, they always did it. Maybe that's why there's so many white guys who love the NBA. Because maybe they think that all those seven-foot farts are really hung like this stereotype pretend. And I got news for it. Zoe told me, uh, don't believe it for a second. Pat Riley, the day that he called on the show, he said, most of my players are hung like a mouse, especially the dark ones. Here's a mobile in Cutler Ridge. Hello. Chupa mis pelotas salado chocolate. Yeah, okay. See, there you go. He must be hanging on South Beach. What is he, the Chupacabra? 
He was saying suck on my uh, chocolate salty ball. Oh, chuck on my chocolate. Oh, no, I don't think so. Go down to South Beach. You'll find some customers. Here's Hollywood. Hello. Neil. Yes, sir. You see the Pope has, he's doing all the recordings now. He's singing. Yeah, okay. Here's, uh, see, there's the album. We'll just see if there's any of these that are worthwhile. Here's Coral Gables. Hello. Coral Gables. Okay, must have no material there. Here's the last one. Pompano, hello. Neil, good afternoon. Good evening. Why does everybody say good afternoon? Uh, they were doing that yesterday, too, both calls. Draka, 35 goals. He's not good enough for the Panthers, though. But why are you repeating something I've been saying for three years? I mean, it's easy to say it now. How come you're repeating it now that he's got 35 goals? and had another He's got two more than Yager. Yeah, I know that. I know that, sir. I watched the Penguin game last night with Dallas, the 2-2 tie. I watched every minute of it. Did you see it? Yes, sir. Yeah. And Straka scored his goal right in front sir, of the I goal. I saw it. It was there. a beautiful thing. It was great. It was a, And the pass he made to you, uh, Yager was unbelievable. That kind of like behind-the-back pass around the net, phenomenal. Marty Straka's got it. I've been telling you that, but nobody will listen to me, okay? Including Doug McClain, who's too busy trying to be a sit-down comedian on all the, uh, you know, on the CBC. Oh, has he got an appointment for a haircut? Is that what he's telling you? Okay, Greg Reed made an appointment for a haircut. Let's hear it. All right. See, we got the water coming in. We got Greg's getting his hair straightened out. Leave it to me. If you want to get something done, turn to... Oh, God. Don't look to these other fakers to get anything done. Look to me. I'll get it done for you. I wouldn't even be surprised to get Duff a desk by the end of the week. You know, I'm going to tell you something. Just like I had to do with a satellite dish, I'm going to embarrass them. If I have to buy the program director a desk, and I don't owe him anything, he's a good guy, but he deserves better than that. He deserves... Because it's demeaning. It's a message. It's like saying you're like, uh, you know, even though we're paying you a pretty decent amount of money, Duff, and we're not really sure why, but nevertheless, it's demeaning for a man with a title of program director on a supposedly major market, a hotshot sports station like this, especially with this show on it. See, I don't want to work on a radio. I don't want the Neil Rogers show to be on a radio station where our program director's got a desk that looks like a tinker toy from a kid's, uh, you know, erector set. Isn't that what it looks like? looks like a real tiny erection in Duff's office. Geldy, get out of there. There's two mutants, Frank Mahopolich, and your multi-syllabolic name. All right. Hey, hey, hey. And how tall you, Bobby Richardson, drop down to your knees and pray away. Oi, oi, they. And not to mention Joey Peppertone. Joey, this is better than just Joe. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And thanks to you, Jackie Robinson, takes away more movies to go pro. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. You know, I'm surprised the guy from the NAACP wrote that awful letter they heard yesterday about how come they put the picture of uh, Madonna in there on the, after the Grammys and didn't put the picture of the hip hop broad. What, what is her name? See, I don't even know her name. Lauren uh, Bacall, Lauren uh, Holly Hill. Holly Hill? How's Holly doing on Guiding Light, by the way, huh? Oh! Speaking of Guiding Light, and I know we won't get any calls because our Guiding Light ladies have all disappeared on me. They've all left town, I guess. 
or maybe they just left the show after all their character changes after they put the ugly Michelle in there. But, you know, two days ago, Monday, on Guiding Light, they showed a flashback scene of Holly, who's crazier than a bed bug. Oh, sorry. Holly, who's all of a sudden lost it, you know, and she's kidnapping all the kids in town and taking them out to camp. Uh, they show a flashback with her and the original Roger Thorpe, which I can't think of the guy's name, who just died of MS here a few months ago, that they kicked off the show. Roger Thorpe, one of the oldest characters on the show. And they used the video clip of him where she was uh, hallucinating. And the worst part of the insult injury is she was pushing him off the edge of a, uh, he was threatening to jump off the roof of a building, and she pushed him off the edge. So, in other words, the fact that they still had this video footage that CBS has got the rights to, that was okay to show the old Roger. But once he got sick with MS and was dying, and then ABC had to put him on One Life to Live since he played the character in the wheelchair and et cetera out of real life, just like when Burt Bauer had her leg chopped off on Guiding Light, right? And they have the chutzpah after the guy is dead to bring back a scene with him in it. I saw a tear coming from the CBS. In fact, I noticed that John, uh, what's his name, that fills in for Rather was doing it last night. Dan Rather, I think, was out of protest to that scene, did not do the CBS Evening News last night because he was so pissed off. Am I the only one who noticed that? That they used an old uh, flashback with uh, the old Roger Thorpe? And, and the, the best part of it is, the character was, like, replaced by another guy later on who, like, then they wrote out of the story. They don't show him, but they show the original one that they kicked off the show who's dead. No respect. No guy. It's like, it's like Duff Lindsay in that desk. It ties right in. No respect. Here's Naples. Hello. Naples. Going once. Neil. Yes, sir. Hi. St. Patrick. Yes, what's it all about, Booth? Okay. He wasn't Irish. He was yeah. English. He was an English pig farmer. He was an English pig farmer? Correct. He went to Ireland and brainwashed them into that religious crap. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. The church couldn't decide the whether he died on March 8th or March 9th. Yeah, so, so they, they added 8 and 9 instead of 17. 17. That makes sense. That's what it's all about. Right. Religious crap. It's a good thing again. they were confused between the 16th and 17th, because that would have been the 30 turd. <laughs> the turdy turd. They'd probably go for that as well. Yeah, probably. Okay, I'm out of the Okay, thank you, sir. A little history lesson there. There you go. Get a little some information. See, you, all, it's the same thing with all the rest of the Irish people. They don't know anything about their own history. They don't care about any of this. They don't know about the kilts. They don't know about the bag pops. All they know is it's another excuse to drink a lot of green beer and get get uh, blasted bloody drunk. That's what it's all about. I mean, what, like I said the other day, what are the Irish famous for? The Kennedys and getting drunk. And, of course, the Kennedys specialize in getting laid and getting drunk. Not necessarily in that order. Don't forget the riots. And driving off the bridge. What is it? Don't forget the riots. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they are a laugh riot, aren't they? Those Irish? We got a holiday. We don't have a Jewish holiday. We don't have a uh, uh, Catholic day. We don't have a, a German day. We don't have a Brazilian day, huh? An Argentinian day, a San Salvadorian day, a uh, day for people from Nigeria and Africa. Do we have a day for any of those? No. No. A Lithuanian day. No. Polish day. No. Russian day. No. Danish day. No. Oh, Danish is good though in the morning. No, seriously. How about the the Great Danes? Why do you think they call them the Great Danes? Because they are great. They're wonderful. It's a tiny little country the size of Duff's desk. But it's a little one. Oh, it's a real small. It's it's tiny. Copenhagen's beautiful, though. It's really great. Although it's kind of like New York. You know, they cleaned it up too much. 
You always go from one extreme to the other. Here's a mobile in Pompano. Hello. Yeah, talk about religion. Uh, the Protestants and Catholics fight every day over there. No. Uh, Neil, that guy from um, Miami of Ohio, he's on the last word tonight. Wally Zerbak? Yeah, I can't stand that guy on the last word, but Zerbak? he's on tonight. Zerbiak? Yeah. He's on tonight. And uh, did you catch Straka last night? Yes. Unbelievable. And how about Lindros getting ripped off on a blade sticking in the uh, crease there? I, I loved it. Blade. I loved it. I loved Roger Nielsen losing it. I loved him getting kicked out of the game. I loved watching them take it right up the old. Rectum. I loved the empty net goal at the end after they got two goals disallowed, which was like really sticking salt in their womb. Uh, five to two St. Louis. Twelve games in a row. The Flyers are taking it up the old. Rectum. Yes, and we love it, man. I love it. I was flipping all night. I'm telling you. I great. haven't been so happy in years since Frank Mahoblet scored 50 goals. I was disappointed with Yager last night. I thought he tried going pretty much, you know. I mean, I thought he played great. Yager's kicking ass, pal. Don't uh, don't be knocking. They're playing the best team in the league. What do you want? Past brightest. I was crying all night when I heard the news on him. Yeah, well, they'll be all right. All right, Neil. Have, have a great day. day. Okay. Hockey talk. Anybody interested in that? No. Anybody? See, just like when I came on here the other day and was talking about Wally Zerbiak and what a great-looking guy he is. See, there are a lot of you people out there, a lot of you heterosexual people, and that's why I do it, because I know it gets you very aggravated. And I, and I can't tell you, seriously, it gives me so much pleasure and joy. It does. I, I get sexual excitement. I don't even have to do anything. I just sit here and say these things, and all of a sudden, squirt, squirt. oh, like spontaneous uh, ejaculation. That's right. I get so excited, because I know, oh, yeah, that's fag stuff. Yeah, right, yeah. The whole sports thing with those skimpy little uniforms and the jock straps and taking showers together. Just like Al Goldstein said, baby, talk about a bunch of faggy stuff and that wrestling stuff. Ho, ho, ho. You're not fooling any of us, any macho old guys like me. You're not fooling me. I know a fag uh, enterprise when I see one. High school and college wrestling where they're grappling around and the one guy gets down on all fours. Maybe he's looking for glory holes, the guy that's down on his hands and knees. Maybe he's looking to see what's hanging under the edge of the stall there. And then the other guy gets on top of his back and mounts him. That, that, and I'm not making that up. That's exactly what they call it in wrestling when they get in that position. One guy gets down, which I'm not sure who's the top. How do they decide who's the top and the bottom, by the way? Huh? Kenneth Masmacho, is that how they do it? Or they draw straws for that? They flip for it. Yeah. Oh, I've heard of that, too. That's what it said in the Cunanan book. He used to flip it over. Yeah, now the one guy mounts the other one. Huh? Is that a sport? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Hops on his back, reaches under his crotch. Yeah, just, just kind of like in football there. Troy Aikman walks up to the center. First, they all huddle and hold hands, you know. Get down on their knees together, hold hands. Maybe they're praying. Walks up to the uh, line of scrimmage, goes up to the center, puts his hands under his rectum, and starts moving them back and forth like this all around and yelling out a bunch of numbers. Of 69, course. 69. And the center's bent over with his legs spread. Oh, yes, of course, with his legs far apart. What do they call that? 20 before noon at 560 W. Yeah, this Wally, he's a great player, okay? I mean, just because he looks so good, how about if he looked crappy? The guy's a great player, Miami, Ohio. The Redskins, the Foreskins, the Redskins. We all like the skins down here, right? Not the Washington Redskins, the Miami Redskins. I mean, if Michigan State, if the Spartans can't do it, go Miami, all the way Miami. Whoever thought I'd be rooting for a Miami team? Just because it's, uh, you know, 1,000 miles away. Run, run, radio network. Now, in honor of National Prune Month, Regular Records presents the Rolling Stones tribute to prunes. Start me up now. I've never been on a plugged up person. 
But now I'm old, my tummy's hurting. You'll also hear, you can't always go when you want. Give me paper, and I can't get no bowel reaction. It's the Rolling Stones tribute to Prune. Order now. I know, Prune's will make me go, and I like it, love it. Yes, I do. Yeah, you can around to anybody for tickets to see the Rolling Stones. You know, it's uh, it's just not not good for your image, Hank. See, my my feeling about sucking is if you're going to do it, you know, everybody involved should get something out of it. You know, it should be good for both people. So when I do it, it always is. But that kind of sucking around, I mean, it's just not good for your image. People lose whatever little minimal respect they may have had for any of us just right down the toilet. Especially Greg Reed and the Beasleys. I mean, come on. It had to be a joke. I, I know he's going to come on today and say it was just a joke. He was just kidding around. It has to be. Maybe he was off his feed, huh? You know, he's lost all that weight. Maybe he's a little bit off of his uh, feeds. Anyway, getting back to uh, Duff's desk. And you notice, by I'll get to that. You notice how uh, as soon as I started talking about that last topic there, every line on there was lit up. We had really right. And all of a sudden, now we got a few of them on there again. But everybody kind of like ran away. Like a bunch of pussies. Oh, they get real nervous. Oh, there he is with that faggy. I just wish he wouldn't do that. Oh, no, too bad. I'm going to be doing a lot more of that, as a matter of fact. Sure. Where's that picture of Wally Serbiak, huh, from uh, Miami, from the Redskins? There you go. I just kissed his Redskin. Yeah. He's a good-looking guy. He's a great uh, basketball player. And like I said, forgetting about how he looks, he's a white guy who scores like 40, 50 points a game. A young, great-looking, matinee idol white guy who's a basketball star. All we can say is, oh! yeah, especially with all those sparks infiltrating in the National Hockey League now, we're going, while, while they're busy looking the other way, we're going to sneak back in. Just like Michael Corleone said in Godfather 3, step back in. Remember that? Right? Remember that scene? Step back in. Like he was talking to a dead man. Who was he talking to? Don Tomasino when he said that? Huh? Step back in. Oh, Don Tomasino won't see him no more. How about that phony priest with his uh, muley son? So at any rate, five, six, eight, yeah, and, uh, you know, it's like the thing with uh, Ray Whitney. Okay, Ray Whitney happens to be the best player on the team. The fact that he looks good, I mean, you know, he can't help it. If it was, if he was ugly, would, would you like him any better? No. No, it makes no difference. But there are a lot of people, in fact, even Mandich I cured to that. My good close friend Jim Mandich, yeah. who's a great talent, a super guy, doesn't kiss any ass either, by the way. Oh, I'll get back to him in a minute. About Tommy Brady, University of Michigan. Let me write these down. I'm getting so far ahead of myself. See how much better this is than taking dumb phone calls? But anyway, no, it is. These callers suck. They blow. Hey, did you see that penguin with was Straka? Yeah, that's old news, okay? I'm, I'm the one that told you that. Don't keep feeding me back my material. I got the good material. Don't feed me back what I already know and I told you, okay, about Marty Straka is God. And they're telling me like it's a news bulletin, like, uh, like they just discovered gold or something. So Kim Bocamper, and uh, haven't I said wonderful things about Kim? Didn't I congratulate him when Tom Jicka wrote that big piece about uh, the uh, big promotion about how he's earned it? It's our good friend Tom Jicka. He's body stupid! And how Kimba's doing a new uh, sports news on Channel 4. Well, I happened to see Kim Bocamper last night on Channel 4, and he has come a long way, and he's a good guy, but you ever hear that expression, a deer in the headlights? That's what came out. And I realize it's going to take him a while. I don't know. I guess this was the first week he started on there. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't seen him before on that Channel 4 Sports. But he uh, looked like the deer in the headlights, a little bit uh, startled, 
fumbling around on reading the stuff, and but he'll be fine. He'll he'll work into it because that's the kind of guy he is. He's a hard worker. He's determined. He's dedicated. Whatever he gets involved in, he improves 500%. He gets in there and does it. I, I just mentioned that in passing because I'm sure he knows as well as I do that he's got a little way to go under, but he'll be fine. Good luck, Kimba. You deserve it, baby. Good guy. And, here, and there's another guy. Not only doesn't kiss anybody's ass like Jimmy Johnson, but actually was the one guy in his radio station, our sports department, had the balls to stand up to him and ask him the tough questions at a time when everybody else was going licky, 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 you know, kissing every uh, place they could. And then and they still don't have the right story about Jimmy Johnson and Wayne, by the way. Nobody wants to believe me about that, but I know the goddamn truth about that whole deal, which I told you. None of the sports nerds on this station wants to touch that because it's the truth. But anyway, getting back to Mandich and Tommy Brady. Now, earlier in the season when the college football was going on and Michigan was, you know, doing okay, but I remember Mandich one day saying about how they didn't, one of the Michigan's problems is they didn't get a quarterback to replace Brian Greasy. They didn't get a top quarterback, and that was their problem. Why they wouldn't go anywhere. And then, and I kept saying, this Tommy Brady kid, okay, the fact that he's got a baby face and he looks good, that's the thing Mandich couldn't handle. He's the kind of macho sports guy, as much as I love Mad Dog, he wants him to be as ugly as he is. You know, he wants him to be the hard-nosed, t- like, uh, you know, greasy with a pug nose, kind of a, like, because those guys will put their face through a brick. That's what Ron Fraser used to tell me when I was doing UM baseball. He liked the ugly guys better because they would put their face into a brick wall because what's the, what's, how much worse can it get? Like Mike Kuttner. boy, Mike. Hit another one. So then uh, Michigan wins the uh, bowl game, makes that great uh, comeback in the fourth quarter, scores about 100 points in the fourth quarter, and here's Jim Maddich on the air touting, hey, Tommy Brady is God, how great he was. There you go, Maddich. He came around in spite of the fact that he's not ugly. I mean, does, it, does that make it a faggy thing if, a, if an athlete happens to be a good, look good? Huh? And when's that uh, bathing suit coming out with Pav, that edition with Sports Illustrated with Pavel Burry? And I didn't just make that up, by the way, either. It was in the goddamn newspaper, so it must be maybe true. When's that coming out? And what are they going to be saying then? Here's our big superstar, who, by the way, is resuming skating again. Uh, maybe maybe uh, one of these days soon he might come back. We pray, we hope. The Russian rocket, the great white hope. What are they going to be saying then? Especially if he looks good. Here's a lady in Cooper City. Hello. Yes, hello. Yes, ma'am. Hi. I just wanted to tell you I watch Guiding Light 2. Did you see that thing with Roger? Oh, no, I didn't see that. I don't see it every single day. On on Monday, Holly, of course, uh, Ross is trying to, you know, get her straightened out. She's in the... Right. I saw him go in there. Was that yesterday or... Well, I I just walked out of the room. I guess I didn't see that part. Well, anyway, so she was doing a flashback, and she says, oh, it always comes back to Roger. And so they do one of their, you know, Hearts and Flowers flashback scenes. And it's a scene from quite a few years ago when she's up on the roof of a building with the over the original Roger Thorpe, whatever his name was, the one that died from MS. Michael Zaslow. Michael Zaslow, right. Right. And and, and, and and I know you, being a fan of the show, you realize all of the crap that they put him through when they kicked him off the yeah, show. Yeah, they, they fired him when he was... They like, fired him when he was he dying. He couldn't remember his lines. He was and, speaking slowly and he was having some problems. So instead of like uh, ABC right. did with One Life to Live... Right. Fitting it in, which they've done before with a lot of characters like Burt Bauer when he had her, her right. leg chopped off. Instead right. of that, they fired his ass, but they still have the chutzpah to put him back on with a flashback scene on tape. Well, when they had the soap opera awards, yeah. recently, about two weeks ago, they had a whole thing honoring him. Really? And they talked about the Guiding Light and the Guiding Light people over there, and they were standing up for him and everything. It was, it was, you know, I mean... Hypocritical, really... I think, is the word. Hypocritical. Yeah, well, he also, I think he died of Lou Gehrig's disease. Yeah. I think I think that's what he had, right? Right. MS. I guess yeah, a form of whatever. Whatever that is. 
okay. I just wanted to let you know his name. Okay. okay. And what about the new, new Michelle? I didn't like her at the beginning, but she's kind of growing on me a little bit. Yeah, she's getting. You're right. She's getting a little bit better. In a fact, she, I, first, I think she and Danny deserve each other. The punishment, you know. Yeah. That's got to be the smallest mafia family in the world. One, one, one household. It's a mafia family with one household. It's funny. It's unbelievable. It's amazing that we keep coming back for more of that. And we keep watching it every day, right? Have a great day, sweetheart. You too. Say hi to Bye-bye. Papa Bauer. Okay. How's Papa Bauer doing? How's that Ed Bauer? How's Bert Bauer? They're all dead. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T wireless line. What do you think about Duff's desk, by the way? I haven't gotten to that yet. I'll get to it. That's the, that's the centerpiece of the show today is our program director's desk. No, no, seriously, it's it's there's something symbolic there. There's a message there, and it's called a lack of respect by the upper level management in this place for our program director. And I mean, you know, you got you can't have it both ways. If you're going to give him the title, pay him all of that money, and he's making some pretty heavy bread out of this joint. If, and he's a good guy, never stole a freight train. I we still haven't figured out what he does, but he's a good guy. That much we agree on. Useless, but a really good guy. I mean, what what would it be? Would it be better if I said he does a lot of good things and he's an asshole? No, useless, but a great guy. That's better. But a desk the size of and it's not even a real wood. It's not a desk. When you told me that this morning, I thought, ah, oh, boy, this George, he's, you know, yanking my chain again. He's always exaggerating, always exaggerating. Like most guys do about their penis size, always exaggerating. So I walk down the hall here. It's only a few steps to the right around the corner and down the bend to Grandma's house. I take a look in there, and and I, I almost fell to the floor. I didn't know whether to laugh or cry. Like I said, Greg Reed, build the, and, you know, I don't want to say build the Taj Mahal. That would be getting a little carried away. But build like a nice brand new place and then furnish it with a bunch of stuff from the uh, dollar store. From, uh, you know, from the Camilla's house. From Salvation Army. Oh, we got some beautiful furniture for the offices. Where'd you get it? Oh, at the Salvation Army. I, I, he, he's got a table in there, I swear to you, that's covered. It, it's the size of your arm. It's the size of the palm of your hand. It's about it's about the size of an average human Rectum. is what it is. A folding table. A folding table. You couldn't even play cards on that. Seriously, you couldn't have a card game on that table. That's how small it is. I'm not exaggerating. Solitary. Yeah, right. Maybe you can know not not now because everything he's got is it takes up the whole desk. It's spilling over the edges. Whatever the hell it is that he's got on there. So I have vowed today that I'm personally going to take responsibility. If this place is too cheap, I'll uh, either buy it myself, just like with a satellite dish, or we'll arrange for Joe Rosoli. Maybe he'll sell us a nice desk in there for Duff at cost or something. I'll pay for it. Not that I owe the program director anything, but it's just the idea that it, it, I feel I have an ego problem. Working in a radio station where my program director has got a desk the size of, like little kids in school. You know, when you were in school and you sat down at your desk, that desk was gigantic compared to what he's sitting at in there. And at least in school, your desk didn't fold over. It wasn't a portable. Right? How, how'd you like to walk in? Here's the CEO of General Motors. You walk into his office. He's sitting at a little fold over, uh, like at a card table. Would you have any respect for him? No. Would you think that the company had any respect for him? No. And of course not. It's a, it's a symbol of a total lack of respect. It's like putting up a big message on the wall saying, hey, all you people out there, he may have the title of program director, but take a look at the desk we put in there. That should tell you how much to pay attention to this guy. 
there are five-year-old kids out there who have their computer set up on bigger desks than our program. That's that's no lie. Your daughter, Georgia's 10-year-old daughter, has got a bigger desk for her computer than our program director's got for his whole office in there. And his office, by the way, is the size of a broom closet. She's actually got a desk. Jesus Christ. We don't want to make you feel bad, Duff, but... Neil Rogers got... WQM, the Neil Rogers Show on the award-winning uh, sports nerd station for the 90s. By the way, our good buddy South Alcone was just in here. What is that? Oh, that's a, this fax machine. Jesus. Oh, here we go. There you go. There's uh, some naval pictures oh, for boy. you. More of this uh, porno. If it's not in the mail, it's coming off the... Uh, don't, you don't have to send us any pornographic because uh, they're in black and white, okay? We've got a real cheap black and white fax machine. And they're always these uh, pretty marginal guys anyway. You guys, you fags out there, you got really crappy taste. Sending all this porno. We're going to bring in some real good pictures and paste them all over the walls in here and embarrass the hell out of all these sports nerds. Actually, it might not embarrass them. It might uh, arouse them. But anyway, we'll find out. I'll guarantee you they'll all be opening up the doors looking around. Oh, and I apologize to Zoltan. I left his name out. Was that what he stuck his head about the, uh, this morning when I was doing the list of the salespeople? No. Oh, good. He don't listen anyway. He's a good guy. He's all right. You don't like him. Anyway, South Falcone and Italia Foods, they brought us in our uh, Sole water, the best in the universe. Bottled in northern Italy in the Alps. And also brought me in a great uh, magazine, La Cucina Italiana. And a big, oh, and also for uh, Mamacita, for my mother, brings me, and I'm going there today, by the way, Verolio uh, Extra Virgin Olive Oil. That's the best. He gave me one of those ones. Did he? I use it on my salad all the time. It's not even bad on your hemorrhoids either, as a matter of fact. Verolio. Mmm. Love that Italian stuff, baby. And then he brings me a big, a big one. A big, gigantic uh, metal container of the Verola, which you got to share. Extra virgin olive oil from uh, Henry Lee Company, by the way. Give them all the right plugs. See, that's how you do it. We're loaded with stuff. We got we got our water here. We got a cooler coming. Oh, you know what's going to happen? The water Nazi is going to be upset. See, we're we're interfering with her uh, turf now. Don't you understand? We've only been here like three days now, up on the third floor, and already we're interfering with the little empires of some of these uh, empire builders up here. Why should that bug her? Then nobody has to go into her office. Nobody's going to Because then she can't bitch everybody out. What do you think she comes in for every day? Do the log? Are you out of your mind? It's the water Nazi. Don't take any more of that. That cost us money, goddammit. Yeah. Oh, so anyway, getting back to Duff's desk. 
Well, we need a water distributor, by the way. Yeah, now that we got a water cooler coming in, we need a water distributor. Somebody that does bottled water. Crystal, Zephyr Hills. One of those, right. Park. Remember that water guy that got lost his job, got canned? He was kind of a pain in the ass. Remember he used to call an IOD all the time? Sparky. Yes, what a memory. Sparky, I think that's where they put him, in Rayford. I don't think we'll be seeing him no more. I think our water guy uh, was uh, in Sparky is where he did it. But we'll get a water uh, We'll get it all taken care of by the end of this week, just like we uh, force... We embarrassed them to go out and get in that uh, little dish. For, did the people, by the way, ever thank us for that? Did any of the people, by the way, from uh, the sports nerd part of the station ever come by since we're up on the third floor now and say, thank you, because if it wasn't for you and your lawyer putting up a big stink and threatening to take them to court, we never would have had these studios in the first place. We'd still be riding over there with the bugs on Sheridan Street. Anybody ever thank us for that? No. No. Ungrateful, uh, spineless cowards. That's right. That's the only reason you're up here, okay? The, uh, the, the project would have been another four years at least. You should live so long they would have gotten this done. Here's a lady in North Miami Beach. Hello. Hi, Neil. Yes, ma'am. You said that uh, St. Patty uh, is the only one that has a holiday. You have Black History Month and you have United Nations Day that takes care of everybody else. Black History else. Month isn't a holiday. That's an entire holiday. No. If you work for Dade County, it is. It is? They have parties. They what, have what everything. About, what about White History Month? There isn't one. Gay History Month? There isn't one. Jewish History Month? That comes under United Nations Day, everything else. Ukrainian History Month? Nope. Serbian? Just United Nations Serbian? Day. Latvian History Month? Because we're supposed to dress on United Nations Day. Czechoslovakian History Month? That's me. Are you a Czech? Yeah. All right. That's where all the good hockey players come from, by the way. I don't know. All I know how to do is say Zelly and Yakshamash. No, he plays for the Rangers. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh huh. Have a good one. And thanks a lot. Okay, that's a good point. Come on, let's hear from some of you Irish uh, drunks. I mean, some of you uh, <laughs> Irish out there. What this is all about? That guy from Naples, he was good. Bogus holiday, uh, St. Patty's Day, and green beer and green bagels. And, you know, they just make this crap up, and nobody ever stops to ask the question. They just go along with it, like most sheep out there. They just go along with the pogrom. I don't understand it. People are always saying to me, well, don't you wonder, don't you ask about how we got here and about God? Of course not. Because those are things I could never possibly know the answers to. You just make a lot of stupid guesses. And, how, and what difference does it really make? But as far as how this St. Patrick's Day thing came about, there's a history to it. There's a tangible beginning and hopefully an end, like soon, to all this crap of St. Patty's Day. With all these parades and all of this timid, I mean... Please tell me what the Irish, other than the Kennedys, Joe McCarthy, he was Irish. Oh, well, you know, we had Meyer Lansky, too. And uh, the fags, we had Andrew Cunanan, and we had uh, John Wayne Gacy. Every group has got its black sheep, right? We had Bugsy Siegel, the Jews, and Meyer Lansky, and Josh Friedman, you know. So what? There you go. What a trifecta that is, baby. Right on the money. Nobody's perfect, except the Germans. Just ask him. Nine minutes after, at least they were consistent anyway, you know. <laughs> Nine minutes past noon at 560 WQAM. Jingle ain't my baby. All right. When this quarterback gets lonely... Boy, he likes receivers that are wise. Some people say that number eight is gay. Yes. They say Troy loves the big brown eye. 
560 WQM. You know, I realize that sports nerds in general tend to be pretty goddamn dumb, but the fax machine that we have in here, we get all these faxes coming in here for people in the sports department, and you know what? They never get to them because this isn't their number. And you're wasting our fax paper with a lot of crap that we have no interest in about uh, this and about that and about stuff that I'd be embarrassed to even tell you what it's about. It's so uh, juvenile. Do you think giving the right number out on the air would help? Well, why should they? This is an anti-sports show. Why should they be listening? In other words, why do they know our fax number? That's what I'm curious about. Is the fax number for the rest of the uh, for the uh, sport? Is it similar? When they changed stations and they were using our studios for that time, that that was for a week. Machine. Yeah. Never called the people back to give them the. Well, probably because they don't have a phone to call the people back on. Don't you understand? Are you out of your mind? You expect that we're going to come up with a phone to uh, for those people to call? Yeah, Chris, I don't bite. Not you, anyway. No chance. Thank you, sir. They're all so damn... Uh, now, what, what is this? Oh, this is an up... Now, where did he type this, by the way? Huh? Certainly not on that tiny little desk that he's got in that office. Have you ever... Have you seen that desk in our program director's office? It's not, it's not even a card table. You couldn't even play Parcheesi. You couldn't play Solitaire in there on that. By the way, did you notice how much bigger and nicer Sam's office is? Oh, Sam's got a big plush office. He don't do anything. He's got a big office. You see, this all goes back. This is why I brought it up. See, you're pushing me. I see you're getting ahead of me. I can milk this thing till 2 o'clock with the, the Duff's desk. Sam's got a nice desk. Sam's got a big one, okay, and his desk uh, is beautiful. Sam is a big one. But, uh, you know. And then, of course, Maddie in sales, one of our 25 sales managers who's also got naked. Here's a guy that's like two feet tall. What does he need a big office like that for? He's like a Lilliputian. That's how small he is. He's like a midget. And he's got this big, spacious office because he's another guy that's got naked pictures. You can tell. You know, Duff has got no naked pictures. He's in a broom closet. Sam the Sham, who's like part of the family, eats for free at Greg's house anytime he wants. He's got he's got books of naked pictures. You know how people have scrapbooks and they like like they collect uh, baseball cards, different trading cards. They put CDs now in those big. He's got volumes of those naked pictures. The Beasleys, Greg Reed, and that moose all together. Who else? Uh, Screwan. Now she's got the uh, I don't know. That's to keep her on the uh, a string, I guess. She's got kind of like a marginal one in there, that office. She's got a small orifice. That's what... Roy! Says. But they're trying like hell to make it bigger. But anyway. Ha! 
<laughs> Isn't that what Roy said? They're trying to get her into a bigger one, is what he said. They're trying to move her up in the world. I mean, she's part of the, she's got a lot of naked pictures. Of course, she's in most of them. That's the problem. That's why she's got a small orifice. <laughs> and then we got the water Nazi. She's got a bigger room in there. She sits there on her throne every morning out down the hallway. Oh, yeah. She's got naked pictures that haven't been invented yet. So, you know, he has all of these not-so-subtle ways of sending messages. Who are the chosen people and who are the, you know, hunderlings, as uh, Joe Rose says, the hunderdogs? We got two lines lit on the board here today, but I'm just loaded with good stuff. And the audience, just like yesterday, just like Monday, very, very weak. I don't understand what the deal is here this week, you know what? Especially today. This has been a sizzling. They're talking about this show from coast to coast today. Every country in the world. In the United Nations, this show is the topic of their discussion today. And this audience, nothing. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on a mobile one line. We're talking about St. Patrick's Day. We're talking about history. We're talking about people who kiss the boss's ass. We're talking about guiding light. We're talking about people who have a little one and a small desk, too. We're talking about guys that hang it under the uh, stall in the uh, toilet. Talking about uh, South Beach being the uh, gay Latin capital of the world. Boy, that makes uh, all those Julios. Bunch of fags down there, man. Bunch of greased up, bodybuilding, steroid doing, ecstasy loving, hustling fags. Here's Miami. Hello. Oh, Neil, my queen. Yes. Happy St. Patrick's Day, you bastard. Yeah, okay. Like I said, no material with this crowd this week. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on a mobile one line. Very weak. I sure enjoy hearing myself a lot more than these stupid calls. You know what? A hell of a lot. No contest. Maybe maybe before the end of the week we'll come up with like a real phone call. Here's a mobile and home. But the Latin young ladies, they were good. That was great. Here's a mobile and homestead. Hello. Hey, how you doing, Neil? Okay, sir. You sound like you work for the Communist Party. Yeah, I do. I'm communista. Yeah. How how, how do you get a water cooler without no water? What does that mean? What good is that water cooler doing up there without any well, I don't of water? know. Where are we getting the water cooler from, George? From uh, Bob from Dick and Cider. Oh, well, see, the guy from that's bringing it to us is not a water distributor guy. He's just a but guy. We're working on that. We're also working on that. If we may have that done, I'm sure we'll have it done by 2 o'clock. Yeah, I, I used to deliver water to your old studios for crystal bottled water. Like is this that. Sparky? Oh, there's no Sparky here. Oh, no, we used to have a guy named Sparky that used to uh, bring it by until they uh, put him away. He used to work at Crystal? I think he, I, he was with uh, Zephyr Hills, I think. I think that's where you'll find his body. <laughs> uh, well, anyways, uh, I really... Well, I mean, is this like an offer to bring us water? I'm sure that it's not, because you would have said that already. Well, you know, I'll give you a good price. Yeah. yeah well, we'll, price. we'll keep it in mind. All right. If we can't get it free, we'll keep you in mind. <laughs> uh, Neil, I wanted to talk to you about uh, guys who says uh, that they can't admit other guys are, you know... Some type of good looking or whatever the case may oh, be. Oh yeah, that, that's more, most straight guys put on a big act. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't really know if he looks good. I, w- I don't know about guys. I, I mean, and well, what is that? That's such a pussy attitude, man. That's such a cop out. I think it takes a bigger man to, you know, to admit something like that. Yeah, any, 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 I mean, these, these sports guys. I mean, if they don't think this Wally Serbiak guy from uh, Miami of Ohio is a real good looking guy, then there's something wrong with him. I guarantee you, ninety percent of the people in this audience wish they only looked like him. Well, they're they're a bunch of phagophobics. Anyway. That's right, exactly. Anyways, closet matacones. <laughs> a bunch of chinas. Right. Uh, when you go to a cl- when you go to a club, you see all these guys standing around. How come they don't hit on Pajaritos. all these? Guys? Why don't they hit on all these beautiful women? Yeah. 
And um, I was asking Corey Saban that last week, and he just stood there and gave me uh, stuttered a lot. I don't know. Yeah, well, well I had a neighbor who, who always said he was a, a big macho, and every time you, you know they pointed out a guy, look at that guy, he's all right looking, whatever. When we had a party or whatever, yeah. he was married, and according to him, he was. He was straight so as could be. Tell him, tell him so was Rock Hudson, okay? He said he was straight as could be. Yeah. And one night his wife gets home, guess what? He Wrecked was, him. That's right. Mm-hmm. Him and another guy. Yeah. So uh, I don't really believe in that crap. Well, he'd like to spread it around. <laughs> Have a great day. <laughs> all right, you Happy St. Patty's Day to you, sir. All right. Tiny. God bless us all. That's what Tiny Tim said. Was he Irish? Yes. Yeah. How about Ebenezer Scrooge? He was, he was uh, English. And Bob Cratchit. Huh? Tiny Tim, he was Irish, but Ebenezer Scrooge. I kind of like Ebenezer Scrooge. He had the right attitude. Screw them all. We have an open line in, uh, somewhere, 5670560. Uh, by the way, did we mention today about what an asshole that uh, Mark uh, Benson is? <laughs> oh, yeah, there was some really amazing numbers. Yeah, they're amazing, all right, especially that point one, Henry. I mean, I wish Henry only the best. Oh. You know, he needs our best wishes. He needs a miracle is what he needs. See, if somebody would have just told Veneery he could never make it without Roger's entertainment report, <laughs> you know, why did they tell him that? That's what Roger always used to tell us. Oh, the only reason Rainier is still on here is my entertainment report. Roger used to say that every goddamn day. Not that I want to stir up any trouble. Anybody hear Rainier yet on JNA? No. He asked yesterday for spy reports about Rainier. Anybody hear him? No. No. Mobile and Sunrise, hello. Neil. Yes, sir. You and Manage are by far the best thing on that station. Well, that's for sure. I mean, it's not even a contest. I can't figure out why Mad Dog's not on a 6 p.m. slot. Well, because Mad Dog has a construction company, which is where he makes most of his money, and he can only, you know, be on so much, which is unfortunate. Yeah, but I got a theory. When I first came to this station, I told Greg Reed, we should have Mandich on a hell of a lot more, mister. And he said, yeah, yeah. I got a theory. I think uh, maybe Booger Shambi spent some time on Hank's casting couch. Is that it? I I think that might be it. Yeah. Or maybe they just ate a lot of meals together. That could be it. I think you're barking up the wrong tree on that one, sir. We have an open line at date, 567-0560 and pound 560 on the mobile one line. Let me say it again. we got the water cooler taken care of. We're going to have a water service in here by the end of the day. We're going to take care of a desk for Duff Lindsay because if you're in this business, and you don't have to be a big shot, if you're even like a medium shot, even if you're like a piss pot, rhymes with big shot, you should be able to get all kinds of good stuff. That's part of what's been, I mean, for Christ's sakes, who in their right mind is going to work for the kind of crappy money they pay us here, huh? This is their idea of the big bucks, what they're paying me. <laughs> oh. See, just keep, just stick it in there and keep grinding. Why do you think Greg can't afford a haircut? Because he's paying me so much. I'm going to tell you this right now, okay? If, if Greg Reed was making as much money on the Wayne Heizinga stuff that's on this radio station, percentage-wise, as he's making on this show, he'd be, he could afford a haircut. He could afford to call Charles Alfieri and get a hair piece. No, can't do that, because he's given all the money to Wayne, who also, by the way, don't even want a hairpiece. And by the way, just stop and think about that, okay? Giving a piece to Wayne? Oh, my God. <laughs> what is it? I bet he's got zits on his... Anybody have a heart or a liver? No. If you like Klondike bars, you'll love Bulldike bars. Hey, you, what would you do for a Bulldike bar? What's a Bulldike bar? It's a big iron bar that Bulldikes hit men with. Say, you're a man. Ow, I didn't do anything. Oh, I guess you don't have to do anything for a Bulldike bar. Here, have another one. Ah. You pig. Bulldike bars. If you're a man, you don't have to do anything. Just hang around and odds are you'll get one. Ow, cut that out. You pig. Ow. You man. Ow. You pig man. Ow. 1230 at 560 WQMR. Poor question today is which Hank Goldberg do you like best? Yesterday's ass-sucking Hank Goldberg or the usual feisty tell-it-like-it-is. Hey, stupid. 
stupid, Hank Goldberg? That's our poll question. Here we got some water is what I understand. Larry. Yes, sir. Hi, Neil. How you doing? Uh, you can refer to me as Water Boy. Water Boy, huh? All my friends call me Water Boy. I'll bet they do. Sitting on the end of the bench. Gunga Din. Mm-hmm. How you doing? Great. Um, my company, I was listening to, I'm an avid listener, but uh, I don't get, don't get to call in much. Um, I, I'm the owner of a bottled water company in South Gate, and we'd be willing you to... Own uh, you own it? I do. Wow. How about that? Better get to know Larry real well. It's a uh, family-owned business. Uh, it's father and son. Yeah. I thought they and, had a moving uh, company. We'd be willing to donate uh, water to uh, to the station uh, right. for you and George and all the other guys to drink, um, as long as you plug us every once in a while. Sure, so no problem. Tell everybody how great it is. Absolutely. It's a done deal. What I'll do is um, when you put me back on hold, I'll get your fax number from George, and I'll right. fax you over a proposal, and uh, we'll, we'll start delivery tomorrow. Excellent. Thanks, Larry. Or you got it. Hang on. We don't have the cooler yet. Well, you tell him that, okay? You work it out. When that, that's what you're here for. You're supposed to take care of all of these things, which so far on that uh, satellite comedy network, we ain't taken care of all of that thing yet. I think that Tom Chauvin, we've got to get Boca Brian working on that. Come on, get a hold of Tom Chauvin up there in New York, Boca. I think he had one meal too many. Put him right over the uh, edge, maybe for St. Patty's Day. 56705. Oh, See, what did I tell you here? It's only 1230. we got an hour and a half to go, okay? we got a cooler. we got the water. We got all the food we could ever possibly want, and then some anytime we wanted for free. And we do share, by the way. We feed anybody that uh, has the balls to stop in. If we got something for them, we always share. That's the way to do it. We're in broadcast. I know that comes as a shock to the people in this building because they work for Greg Reed. We're in broadcasting. We're superstars. We're on the radio. We're in the media. Even as marginal as this place is, we're in the media. We shouldn't have to be uh, shelling out bucks where, you know, give a guy a little bit of a plug-in, which is not illegal, by the way. That's a legal plug-ola. That's fine. All you got to do is say we're, do we're doing it. We're doing it. That's all. For crying out loud, these people here, you got a good drama, a map and a diaphragm to show them uh, how to get out of bed in the morning. They're the most simple, basic things, the most rudinary elements of the broadcasting business. And these people don't have it because they work for Greg Reed. Maybe maybe if he gets a haircut, maybe if he like clears out that area where his brain used to be, maybe it'll let you know the pores of his uh, brain breathe a little bit, get some of the uh, feeling and sense back up there. Here's a lady mobile in Miami. Hello. Yeah, hi Neil. Yes, ma'am. Uh, first time caller. Great. Um, going back about an hour or so, you were talking about uh, guiding light and the guy that just died. Roger. Roger? Yeah, Michael Zaslow, right? Okay, it wasn't MS. It was ALS. Oh. And the only reason that I'm calling correcting you is because that's what my husband has. Oh. And not many people know about it, so I just thought, well, if you're going to call it MS, let's call it what it really is. Okay. Because it's really something that uh, they need to work on, and um, it's a real sad um, degenerate di disease. Right. So I just, so I hope you don't mind. Okay. But, did, um, did you see that show on Monday? No, I didn't. It's uh, kind of hard to watch things like that. Yeah, I, I, I would think, well, I mean, he, you know, there was a flashback scene with him, and uh, it was only on there for a few seconds, but I thought, gee, the way they treated him so poorly on there and fired his ass and shoved him off the show, and then, they used, old, thing to do. And then they used uh, flashbacks, you know, to use him again. I, I thought that was bad. He uh, he was uh, a handsome man. I had seen him on uh, one of the uh, documentaries on ALS about uh, right. he did a lot of good things before he died. Yes, and, he did. Including when he went on One Life, whatever show, I think it was One Life to Live on ABC, he did good stuff yeah. on there for it. Right, and he, you know, he was uh, he was real strong and he was real courageous. Right, it's a it's a real difficult thing to do, but uh, um, no, they shouldn't. Uh, it was a bad thing to do. I heard you talking about it, and I thought that was really very unfair. Yeah, really tacky. Okay, good luck, but, sweetheart. 
Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, 5670560, pound 560 on the mobile one line. We're teaching you how to schnorr for stuff here, folks, because that's why most of you moved to Florida, right? Uh-huh. To be a schnorr, to get anything you can for free, or at least the early bird. Get it at a discount. Here's a mobile in Boynton Beach. Hello. Hello, Neil. Yes, sir. Yeah, another St. Patty's Day has come around, and I have a question. I'm hoping you or one of your listeners can call in and answer it for me. Yeah. I want to know if corned beef and cabbage is a traditional Irish meal served laid back, or is somebody named A.B. on the Lower East Side have a hell of a lot of corned beef left over one day? And uh, I, I think it's a New England up. thing. Now, maybe uh, it's New England by way of all the Irish, like the Kennedys that came to New England. But I know it's big in New England. It'll make it's you sure. That's for danger. from Ireland. The people in Ireland eat corned beef. Well, we'll find out, sir. It's another part of our learning experience today. Exactly. As always, an acquiring mind wants to know, Neil. Okay, we'll find out. Thank you. Happy St. Patty's Day. And happy to, he said, to you too is what he said. Okay, there you go. There's the challenge for you since we got two calls on the board. Boy, these people on the phone this week are really spastic. And by the way, how do you like that new phone system we're supposed to get up here? Did we get it? No. No. Did they get that office phone for the uh, sports, uh, for the other 20 hours a day? Did they get a sports phone in the studio? No. No. Did Duff get a desk yet? No. See, now that we cut ticket the water problem, next we'll move right along, see, to Duff's desk. And like I told you, and I'm not joking, if they won't take care of it, I will. How could you treat your program director so shabbily? I only wish that we were still on whammy. I would tell Joe, the uh, camera guy, to go in there and, and shoot a picture of that little... Uh, it, it's not its not even a table. It's like a folding chair. You couldn't even read the goddamn newspaper on that thing. It's so small. And they think that because they built a bunch of barren walls up here with some drywall and paint, that this is a radio station? Is that... Uh, <laughs> Their idea of the business? That's as close as Greg Reed can come to the idea of the business. But hey, he gets free Rolling Stones tickets. There you go. Hell of a guy. I just, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't get the priorities. I mean, if you, if you have any self-respect, if you're a professional, don't you want to have good stuff to work with? Don't you want it to sound good? Don't you want to, like, work with a professional operation and, like, uh, you know, as opposed to, are we on the air? Are we on it? You know, like every day of your life? Here's Coconut Grove. Hello. Hello, Nell. Yes. Neil, um, yeah, I was listening yesterday to the Hummer. I was taking my kid to the doctor. What a subject. And I couldn't believe it. I thought he was really playing around. He was not. He was serious. You know, and and I know you listen to him on the way home, and I says, man, if Neil listens to it, he's going to freak. I, I, wanna, I He just put me over the edge, you know. You know? He just put me right I over the edge. I couldn't believe it. I, I got to listen to him today. I listen to him every day. I, I, he's gotta, he was playing around. He's got to be playing around. He had to be. Not that you have to suck. No. You know? And, you know, and, and every... the thing about the Beasleys and what great guys they were and how down to earth. Oh, if, if, you, if you could meet these guys, sir, I'm serious. You wouldn't even you wouldn't eat in Wayne Arnold's with these people. That's how smarmy they are. It sounds so plus cheap because you'd have to pick up the tab. You know, um, in, in different jobs I have in my lifetime, the first thing I stress to the, my bosses is I don't suck any ass. Right. And I exactly. tell them literally, the only suck I suck literally is my wife, and I don't do nobody else sucking. So, you know, it's and I see it happens in every business. You see. Certain individuals going to the bosses' offices and just sucking ass, man. And right. Total tech. Hey, don't you hate that? Oh my god! Can't and that's the main reason, uh, Neil, that I love listening to you. I, I might not agree with everything you say, but the main reason that I love listening to you for many, many years is because you say it as it is, and you don't suck anybody's ass. That's right. You know, not any ass anyway. It's so grotesque, man. Uh, in closing, no es solamente John Goldberg, es también un mamador de culo. Sigue, Neil. Oh, man.
I know what that means. It means ass sucker is what that means. But it, it did say, now you got to put that on. We got to have that, right? Isn't that what that meant? Ass sucker. In Espanol. That was, sir, that you, we, too bad we would give him a prize if we had one. Send him a bottle of water, this guy. That was great. Benissimo, molto bene. We have uh, 22 till 1. We got uh, 400 open lines here. Let's hear about, see, they got no Irish people in this audience. Either that, or of course, it's past noon, so it is St. Patty's Day. They're probably all laid out by now. That's right. Like any other day. 560560. Oh, Pound 560 on a mobile one line. Let's hear about the corned beef. Let's hear about that great Irish cuisine. Huh? <laughs> yeah, that's like English cuisine. Now, let's see. They got spotted dick, and they got, um, what Bangers else? and mash. Bangers and mash. And uh, what do they call potato chips there? They call them... Um, they call French fries chips. The chips. Yeah, everything with chips. That's French fries. Chips. Don't forget toad in the hole. And a to- toad in the hole and a spotted dick. There you go. In fact, I was once using the restroom at Heath, uh, what is that, the airport there? Heathrow in London. And I, I looked down there and there was that big hole. I thought, is that a toad in a hole or is that a spotted? I spotted something. Maybe it was just underneath the bottom of the end. That's what, that's what Margaret Orth said, okay? I still, I bet you people all over the world are thinking about that right now. And people on the, listening on the audio net all over the world, Margaret Orth says that at a glory hole, the, uh, the, the, the etiquette is that a guy sticks his penis under the stall. Guy must be a midget like uh, Maddie uh, Bell. He must be a midget to be able to be down there that low to stick his penis under the stall. Christ. 21 till 1 at 560. Maybe that's why Elton John, maybe that's where I got the inspiration for that song, You Don't Want to Be Your Acrobat. That guy had to be it. <laughs> Along with me to blow up an abortion clinic To kill another doctor who is murdering a kid If you speak with a drawl and have a bad attitude Then grab a can of gas and you can burn one down too Abortion clinic, that is Ain't nothing like the smell of nurses on fire Now if you drive a truck and wear a smelly hat And on the velvet Jesus welcome mat And after we make the clinic explode We'll go find a nigger and drag him down the road You'll be proud you're from the South, boy. Double wide Southern pride. Now if there should be a woman trapped inside, we'll rape her in the ass and steal her first before she dies. Can paraphrase the Bible to validate our barbarism, ignorance, and seething hate. Inbred, that is. Fire up some Garth Brooks tunes. Now we are the Christian soldiers of God Who like to wipe our ass with an old corn cob And we're not burning churches or clinics down We play our banjos in the trees with penis in our mouth That's what Christians require right there in the old brown eye 1245 at 560 WQAM QAM, hello Yeah, hi, what does Neil want to know about the Irish? Anything you know, this is me I picked you up cold because George is busy taking information Uh, Probably for something free we're going to get uh, this is the tasty Irish one that brought you crunch- crunchies a long time ago. Oh, don't do that anymore, please. <laughs> oh, God, it's a miracle I survived it between the crunchies and the smarties. I'm telling you. I know. So what, so what about the guy wanting to know about corned beef and cabbage? Is that real authentic uh, Irish cuisine well, or somebody just make that up? I'll be honest with you, Neil. As far as I know, corned beef is a Jewish. Yeah, that was his point. Corned right. beef pastrami. How do the Irish well, deal that? We do eat corned beef over there, but we don't have it like, uh, you know, the way yours is real red and you've got all the spices in there. Yeah, mine's real red and spicy, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, we like uh, bacon and cabbage is primarily the Irish. Uh, bacon and cabbage? Bacon and cabbage. Oh, I do like bacon. Well, it's not the bacon that you're thinking of. What is it? Well, we call that bacon rashers. Rashers? Rashers. 
Oh, rasher. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know the bacon you fry in the pan? In fact, what does that mean, a rasher of bacon? What does that mean? I have no idea. Oh. Well, you've heard that expression, haven't you? I'm not you? drunk, and I am Irish, and I am working today. Yeah. I'll tell you something. It's the Americans. They just have to do everything bigger and better than everybody else. Yeah. And paint in the street, streets green. And, 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 and what about the snakes? What is all that thing about the... Uh, we don't have any snakes in Ireland. You don't? No, St. Patrick uh, banished them all. Oh, that's right. St. Patrick got rid of all the snakes. Right. Yeah, you won't see a snake over They just there. have the Loch Ness Monster there in the uh, swimming around. Scotland, yeah. Right. Yeah. But and uh, what about uh, the, the uh, kilts and the uh, bagpipes? I thought that was a Scottish thing. Well, it is, but it's it's going back to the Celts. Everybody, they're all kind of related to Celtic. They're uh, Celtic? Yeah, and that's kind of where the bagpipes. And, uh, I thought about the bagpipes. Are you going to play them? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, great. That sounds good. Well, have a happy St. Paddy's Day, okay, sweetheart. Thanks, and uh, when I do have an Irish beer, I'll toast it to you. Okay. I love you. See ya. See ya. Bye. Bye-bye. See that uh, everybody steals from the Jews, man. The Goyim stole the Old Testament from the Jews. The Pope stole the beanies from the Jews. Irish are stealing corned beef from the Jews. It's just like the thing with the sports, with the Schwarzes stealing all of our sports away. And now they want to take over hockey, too. Christ. What are we getting for free, by the way? Who are you talking to? He said, one moment, please. We're getting some QAM. Hello. <laughs> oh, now which one was that? Colligan happens to be a uh, a sponsor of WQAM, and they would love to uh, bring us free water. Well, so what's going to happen with Larry? Well, we just say hats off to Larry. Side, thank you, Larry. But uh, well, you know. thanks, Larry. But we'll think about you next time because Culligan is uh, one of our fine sponsors, and I uh, you use Culligan at home for their water softener, by the way, and pay for it. I actually pay for it. How do you like that? And they would love to provide us water. So thanks anyway, Larry. Well, you're a great guy. We'll keep you in mind, and good luck with your business, and we'll give you a free plug anyway sometime. So who? which one of the assholes was that that we just done that I had a dump, huh? Which uh, jackass was that? Oh, some drunken Irishman? It's always, the, it's always the excuse. We were drunk. Yeah, we didn't remember. Five, six, that's what the Hitler said, too. Five, six, seven, oh, five, sixty, pound five, sixty on a mobile one line. Here's uh, Boynton Beach. Hello. Yeah, Neil. Yes, sir. You know, you sound so surprised about Hank, but you remember when he had the show on IOD at night? Yeah. He tossed more marshmallows than anybody. Oh, I know that. I, I mean, he's never been tough with the guests, but I'm talking about kissing ass the, uh, the management. Yeah, but, that, I mean, that's the way Hank is. I mean, well, what about when he, with uh, Brian Cox, the same thing? He had that subhuman illiterate on there. Right, that's true. And he was Kissed always his ass. kissing that's his right. ass, and, the, and Brian Cox is... Tell us what a great guy he is. That's a good exactly point. Exactly right. I mean, that's Even the way Hank scumbag. is. Yeah. Hank is always like well, that. Well, Hank likes everybody to like him. You know, that's that's Hank's thing, I think. Well, he didn't I say true. years ago that Hank wants to be the Larry King of sports? That's exactly right. Wants to kiss a lot of ass, drop a lot of names, everybody like him, which, you know, there's something to be said for that, I guess. Exactly. But Listen, don't kiss the management's ass, and especially the Beasley's, please. It gives me uh, uh, spookies when I hear that. That's right. Listen, if you get a chance, anything by Brian Cox. Okay. Okay? See ya. Yeah, that's true. Well, of course, you know, these, the sports nerds radio, they have to, like, uh, anybody who ever wore a jock strap, they got to kiss their ass, tell you how great they were, until they leave town. Oh, even after Brian Cox left town, they were still kissing his ass, for whatever reason, I don't know. Well, he's in a horse business. Yeah, great. Five, six, seven. Boy, we got a hundred open lines here, I'll tell you that. I can't imagine why. This has been, we had telegrams from the United Nations, from the White House. From Key West, from uh, Aliquippa, Pennsylvania, all over the country about what an unbelievable show this is today. And we still got 200 open lines on there. I don't get you people this week. I must be uh, intruding on a, peeing on their parade. Well, that's right. I'm not allowed in that St. Patty's Day parade, am I? 5670560, oh, 
and pound 560 on the mobile one line. Lots and lots of open lines as we ate for eight and wait. So we got Culligan with the water. We're going to get a hold of Joe Rizzoli. We got that catalog you're going to bring in tomorrow. I'm going to pick out a nice desk for a Duff. I mean, it's going to be my uh, gift to him. What do you think, oak or mahogany look good in there? I, I, well, whatever, whatever he wants, whatever you think would look good in there, I don't care. And that isn't sucking around because that's not my style, but that just it's just doing what's right. And you're right, mister. You know something? We ought to come in here about 1 o'clock in the morning when nobody else is here and swap his stuff and Sam swap the offices. No, seriously. How come a guy, I mean, they both do nothing. That, that's a given. But at least we like Duff. He's a good guy. You know, two guys that do nothing, and once they got a bigger title than the other one, supposedly. One is the program director. The other, we don't know what the other guy's title is besides, uh, you know, freeloader, Sam the Sham. And he's got an office three times the size of our program director who's got an office the size of a telephone booth. Like I said, it's a message. This is the way Greg Reed sends a message. Depending on how important you are in this joint, that's how big it's going to be in your office, too. Yeah, look at the little room George's in there. Mine is twice as big as yours, mister, and mine ain't that big. I Believe me. a long time ago. Huh? No, I mean, you're, seriously, you're, I, your room is about, I would say, a, a half of the size of what it was downstairs. A third, maybe. A third. Thanks a lot, Greg. I guess he's trying to give you a message where you stand in this joint. Maybe you heard that 20 minutes on Friday. Here's a mobile in Hollywood. Hello. Hello, Neil. Yes. Manly, yes. But you're playing with the shillelagh too much. Yeah, is that it? That's all. Oh, okay, thanks. Thanks for your weak material, sir, and go back to Dublin. Start doubling your pleasure. 5670560 and pound 560 on the mobile one line. Weak. Here's Miami. Hello. Neil, is it true that Henry Barrow is going to be replaced by Larry King's good friend and mentor, Sam Geisen? Yeah. As, as soon as they can find some teeth that fit. Okay, that's what Ken Malden told me. In fact, I bet you Ken Malden's got some great stories. Ken used to be involved, of course, with Biscayne Kennel Club for 100 years. Great guy. Love Ken Malden. And, of course, they used to do that to Bobby Silvers and uh, Sam Geisen and Tom Jicka. All those geeks were there together on those dog racing shows. Remember those days? Yes. Oh, God. Sam Geisen is the only man who ever did television in this market, even though it was, on one of, it was like Channel 51 before they changed to a no spaghetti glaze, I think. Only guy ever did TV in this market with no teeth. He, he, yeah, he used to, he used to, he used to gum the show. He used to gum it. I wonder if he's still alive, Sam. Oh yeah, he is still alive, cause remember Larry King was gonna get him a show to get him back on the air. Don't you remember that? Whatever happened to that? On that bogus, uh, surf station that your close personal friend, what was his name? The guy with the parking lot? Jack spot? Mark. Jack Mark. That asshole. Gotta bring that sign back up here. Oh, oops. Yeah, right. Hey, Jack, over there at the surf. He's an asshole. Right. Everybody tells me that. Even uh, even Sam Geisen told me that. Here's Westchester. Hello. Hello, Neil. Yes. How you doing, Neil? You don't deserve to be treated so bad, you know? Like what? <laughs> well, well, well I'm getting uh, all kinds of good stuff for free here. What's well, that about? Oh, so I'm used to the audience. The audience, the call-in audience sucks. I'm used to that. Hey, listen, Neil, last night I was watching Channel 10, and they were showing Tri-Rail. They were doing a series on Tri-Rail about how people get fined and, uh, you know, if you don't have your, your pass with you and stuff. And they were interviewing a couple of the schleppers on there that had gotten fined. Well, guess who one of the schleppers was? Merritt Steerheim. <laughs> Mayor <laughs> no, <Pino. you're... laughs> Joe Carroyo. <laughs> no. you know, know, the former DJ who now works at Denny's, I believe. Oh, not Greg Budell. Yeah, Greg Budell. Oh, my God. You mean Greg Budell, who everybody hates like poison? That's right. And they were interviewing him like he was a regular Joe Schmo, you know? And he looked the same, except 
had like some liver spots on his face or something. No, those were liver spots from the liver and onions at the Sterling Country Diner. <laughs> yeah, they were. But I couldn't believe it. You know, that was just I mean, some splatter off the platter. Not only does he uh, not have a job in, in radio anymore, but he doesn't have a car anymore. Sterling, be keep in mind, Sterling Country Kitchen. Sterling Country Kitchen. Used to be a waiter. He's washing dishes there now. <laughs> Poor guy, man. Yeah. He's yeah. having a hard time. Well, he always used to keep asking that one bad question. Does everybody hate me? And we all used to say, yeah. and then he got more and more morose and depressed. And we'd say, yeah. we do hate you, Greg. And you have no talent. But other than he that. He has no shame. He has no shame. You know? And, you know, he's. I'm glad you brought him up because he's a perfect example. All the newspaper are, and people, in the, the Sherry Woods and Tom Jicka and everybody ever wrote a radio column in this market, they, Linda Thornton, they had this obsession with Greg Budell. Right. And, and he never had any ratings. He never had any talent. He was never anything in this market. And, of course, look, he's, now he's waiting tables at an old uh, geriatric uh, restaurant in Hollywood. Me, on the other hand, most of them hate like poison. They go out of their way to avoid saying anything positive about me. And in the meantime, we're sitting here kicking ass. So, of course, to show you, the newspapers in this town have got no clout. None. Absolutely not. No clout. They, they don't what the hell they're talking about. Exactly. You know? They're full of it. Hey, listen, in closing, my uh, kitty cat says hello. Okay, back to your uh, pussy. Thank you. 1255 at 560 WKMO. Thank God for George doing one really good thing this week and fixing this chair. Oh, what a difference this has made. I'm serious. I was My kishkis were getting twisted sitting in this chair for one and a half days the way it was. It was like I was uh, hunched over like Larry King without the suspenders. And he is a hunchback, you know. You know that? Uh-huh. He's a hunchback. I have a hunch. God, he is just... Talk about an ass kisser. Man. Who the hell did he have on the other night? I saw about three seconds. Oh, Pat Robertson. Sucking his ass. Sucking his ass. God. Ridiculous. All these fakers. Oh, and then he was doing a show. I didn't see it last night. Thank God. I was watching the Penguin game. And a little bit of that Flyer game. Saw the last... Yeah. <laughs> With all due, uh, my friend Ron from Philadelphia. Sorry, Ron, but you know I hate your team. Can't stand them. And especially that Bobby Clark and Roger Nielsen, the two of them should jump off a cliff together. Oh, God. Was that sweet. Seeing two disallowed, toe in the crease. Yes, it is the worst uh, rule in the league. It's going to go bye-bye next year. But, and keep in mind, by the way, who is one of the league scoring is down. They want more goals. So instead of getting rid of that rule, what do they do? They keep looking for like a toenail on the edge of the crease. And one of the great supporters of that rule was BM. That's right. We've got we to shave the, the goalies. That's right. Toe in the crease, you gotta, you gotta shave the goalie's health. That's going out. But nice seeing it happen to the Flyers, not once, but twice last year. Oh! Yeah, as the Blues knocked them off 12 in a row without a win. Nice going, Roger. And they're saying, oh, well, you know, Bobby Clark's gonna stick with Roger Nielsen till the end of the year. Let me tell you one thing. He's out. It's the one to two hour! Hi there, boys and girls. Today, we've got a very extra special friend stopping by to show us all about something really special. Oh, I hear him at the door right now. Come on in, Mr. McMahon. How are you, laddie? Hey, brought by something I wanted to show you. Oh, I wonder what it, it is. is. It looks like looks like a, an octopus with a kilt on. <laughs> That's me bag, boy. Ooh, your bag? Hey. Ooh, what? Can I touch it? Sure, go ahead. Ooh, ooh. Run your hands there. That's, that's soft. Hey, like really? velvet. Hey. Oh, oh, what, what's this right here? That is my blowpipe. What, what do you do with the blowpipe? You blow on it, lad. You blow, you blow on hey, it? Hey, you put your mouth around it and you blow. Oh, can, can I do that? Hey, would you like to blow my pipe, laddie? Oh, can I? Sure, go ahead. Okay. Come on, lad. You, you, you've got to put your mouth around it, lad. Don't be afraid it's not going to break. Like, like this? Hey, that's a boy. 
Stick it all the way down your throat. Hey, that means you're doing it right. What's this over here? That's me chanter. What's, what do I do with that? What you do with that, laddie, is you put your both hands on it, you cover the hole, and you run your hands up and down the shaft real quick. Ooh, hey. Like hey, run your hands Ooh. up and down it there. Now what you want to do, laddie, is you want to blow on the pipe. You want to squeeze the bag nice and gentle. And then you want to run your hands up and down the shaft real quick. Okay. All together, all at the same time. Okay, here, here we go. Uh, good, laddie. Hey, good, lad. Sure. Hey, good, laddie. Keep going. Go harder, laddie. Harder. Squeeze the bag. Squeeze more. Run your hand up and down the shaft. Quick, faster. Run your hand up and down back. Go. Go. After the catch of me breath, maybe. See, there you go. The British, the Scottish, and the Irish, man, if it's in any of those categories, it's silly. Prissy and silly and sissyish. And that's why I like the Scottish invented golf. So if you want to argue with me about golf as like a real, uh, like a sport, like a manly enterprise, it's not. It's a, it's a pansy thing. Just think of those candy-ass Scottish with their kilts. Think of those pictures you see of Prince Charles up there when he's up there with the boys at Balmoral and he's got the kilts on and those silly high socks. My God, everybody is going muttering, faggot. And everybody's doing that. Even I'm doing that. I'm muttering that. Don't forget that there's that bag that goes in front. Oh, and by the way, anybody believe in that marriage of Prince Edward? No. no nobody's buying that. Oh, yeah, they got that fag bag that goes more like the guy up in the uh, Macarena that, that bugs us all the time, you know, with the fanny pack, with the fag bag. Golf, invented by a bunch of silly-ass people, by a bunch of pussies. In fact, that, that's all we need to say. Golf is for pussies, period. Next subject, that's it. By the way, here's a real sport for real men. That's what Joe Costello says. Motorsports. There you go. Watch him go round and around, and maybe there'll be a crash. So starting this Saturday morning, 6 to 7 every Saturday, Motorsports Saturday, hosted by our own Joe Costello. One of the good people in this building. we got a few. And the show will feature a weekly look at the motorsports racing world, including NASCAR, CART, IRL, NHRA, whatever, the, whatever those all are, as well as the events on the local motorsports scene. Yeah, more like that. Joe Costello, this Saturday morning, get up early, set your alarm clock, okay? And then Defoe comes on after that at 7 o'clock so you can go right back to sleep. Well, no, Defoe's not doing a show to entertain you, Saturday. That's Defoe's trade-out show to get all the free stuff. See, we, we don't have to do a trade-out show. That's We got one step up on those guys. We don't have to do a separate show on the weekend and work six days to trade out a bunch of crap. We can do it right here during the 10 to 2. Here's Miami. Hello? Miami. Neil, God. Yes, sir. Happy St. Paddy's to And you. back to you, sir. Top of the day to you. Oh. Laddie. <laughs> Did you get to see the uh, Scum Sentinels front line today about the good reverend? No. About oh. Reverend Lyons, you mean? Oh, yeah. The Henry Lyons, Lyons that gave his cheerful resignation yesterday. Oh. Another fake and religious. Yeah. That wasn't the best part. The best part is all all of the leaders and everything are got together, and they even put it in bold print. We weren't. He, we knew he wasn't the Messiah, so it's all right. There you go. He never stole a freight train. Yeah, exactly. That, that's the funny. I thought part. that was in bad taste after that train crash the other day. I thought that was a bad line for them to put on the paper. He never stole a freight train. Oh Lord, no! But that was the funniest part. It's like all these uh, pious people and everything, and this is the man who's supposed to lead them. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, dude. That I want to give you one term. It's an oxymoron. Religious leader. Okay, oxymoron. <laughs> it is seriously. Uh, but I, th- I was surprised you hadn't mentioned that yet because that was so hilarious. We knew he wasn't the Messiah. That was that was the goal line there. He 
He's not the Messiah. No, how could he be without uh, with that little beanie on his head for Christ? <laughs> Have a great day, sir. You too, sir. Hallelujah, Hollywood. That's what Mike Lang would say. Open line and brow. But I'll tell you, that was an entertaining game last night. Penguins and uh, Dallas. Anybody see that with the great Mike Lang? Anybody out there see it? No. Just that one guy and me, I guess. And you're right. Marty Straka. What did I tell you guys? How you think you know something about hockey? Guy comes up to me at the last, well, not the uh, 10. I wasn't there for the Tampa game. The game before that, whatever it was. Must have been so bad I forgot already. Before the game, and he says to me, oh, you know, I don't, I don't, still don't see that Marty Straka. What did you see in him? And I thought to myself, oh, here's another uh, Panther expert, yeah, <laughs> another hockey maven we got in this town. This guy is making plays that other people only dream of making, okay? Just like me. I do radio shows here that other people only dream of doing. Just like today's, for example. I'd like to see somebody else in this goddamn town who come out of here and say, All of these things. That's right. Tell it like it is about this horse and buggy operation here. I mean, you know, it's just like Bob Green. I Forget about Greg Reed, okay? Let's go back to the past. Bob Green, I told it exactly the way it was with him. Some days he was a good guy. Other days he was an asshole. Some days he was your friend. Other days he'd stab you in the back. And generally speaking, we got along okay most of the time, right? Until the sale of the station and a couple times when he sided with Steve Nichol, which was a bad mistake, and he knows it. But other than that, he, he was okay. But at least he was smart. Not dumb. Smart. Not dumb like Fredo. And others. Although he didn't have a good haircut either, you know. He was kind of schmutzy looking. I'm trying to think of anybody I ever worked for. Now, Gary Lawrence. There is a guy that looked, he presented. In fact, I remember when we had our first meeting when I went to INZ and Gary Lawrence became general manager after they blew out Stanley J. Cohen. Oh, he was a piece of work, Stanley Cohen. Neil, why are you dumping on the sales department, Neil? But anyway, they brought in Gary Lawrence, and we had a meeting out in the atrium. You never saw that building, did you, the old INZ out there in, uh, did you? I interviewed there at the same time I was interviewing at IOD. As well. Oh, so you saw the building, and out in front there was that big atrium and that yeah, little big, nice. very nice-looking, uh, pretty uh, good studios. And uh, Gary Lawrence gets the whole staff around there from uh, INZ and I-95, which is now, of course, uh, which became Zeta 4. And uh, somebody asked, well, how, you know, how do we address now that you're the uh, new uh, leader? And so, and his line was, I hate, I hate to say that he really said this, dress for success. Now, thank God he would never use like a trite cliche, you know, <laughs> dress for success. But seriously, he was the one guy that I worked for in this market who looked like a general manager. You know what I mean? He came in with a nice suit on every day. He was well manicured, well, and he was a good guy. I like Gary Lawrence. He was a really good guy. Of course, he was Jewish. But then again, so was Stanley Cohen. Going to show you, you know, we got uh, Meyer Lansky, Josh Friedman, Stanley Cohen. We got our share of assholes. And some of them uh, smell bad. Like Meyer Lansky, I bet you he don't smell too good right now. Bugsy Siegel, oof, man, smells like... And Josh Friedman, man, oh, man, a shevitz. Oh, what was that thing about the soap? That article in the paper this morning at Cemetery Village, they don't want them to have the soap? Oh, I got a, I got a great line for that, but I'm not going to use it because I do need this job. I have a fantastic line about soap and Cemetery Village. You know what it is, don't you? Uh, it's, no, it's not about lampshades. I said soap. Come on, cut it out. Stop. And don't put it salty. Swallow? Okay. That's the wrong cut, you jackass. What the hell is that? Oh my God! I put. You know what I did? I queued this disc up to the uh, number of the disc and not the uh, number of the bit that I want to play. How do you like that? What a jerk I am, huh? Huh? Yeah. Hey, we're coming down Fifth Avenue upon St. Patty's Day. 
A great day for the Irish all across the USA. What the water, what is this I hear? The sky and ballyhoo. There's a bunch of queers again this year who say that Irish too. God loves the Irish and lets us cross your gay. If you are, you won't be marching upon St. Patty's Day. You can be a bum, a bucket of scum, sure, and that's okay, but you can't be Irish if you're gay. The order of Hibernian, both eminences gray, have delivered this pronouncement upon the blessed day. Sure, a little bit of heaven fell and nestled in the sea. But you're going straight to hell for homosexuality. Oh, God loves the Irish and let the court today. That was their pronouncement as the pipes begin to play. You can be a con, a mafia don, God loves you anyway. But you can't be a shit today. O-L-E-S-B-I-A. Oh! And, and S spells lesbian. Choose another women part I made with. Devil a man can never get a date with. L-E-S-B-I-A. And, and, as we say, All right. it's a shame that these games want to come out and march with a lesbian. No way. But just ask Cardinal O'Connor. He showed us such a street. It's wild like the Kennedys that made this country great. We won't allow no feature pan the wedding of the green. And when we say up the Irish boys, that is what we mean. Oh, God loves the Irish as long as men are men. Except perhaps the leprechauns, we've never been sure of them. You can be stinking drunk and hurl and chunks will laugh it all away. But you can't be Amish if you're gay. No. No, you can't be Amish if you're gay. No. Don't even try to be an Amish if you're gay. No, I, it's funny, I played that today. Of course, St. Patrick's Day. I had a dream last night that I was at Madison Square Garden and there was a big wrestling match going on. And Cardinal O'Connor was in the wrestling match and he was on the bottom. 116 at 560 WQM, the Hank Goldberg Show coming from uh, Yankee uh, Stadium in Fort Lauderdale today, 2 to uh, 6, 6 to 6.50. Another short show for the Boogster. Of course, when you get as fat as Boog, you know, you have to do it in little spurts on the show, too. 6 to 6.50, the Boog Shambi Show, preceding Marlins Exhibitionist Baseball. Marlins at Baltimore to play the Orioles. Oh, are they going to be picketing that? Uh-huh. Orioles, you know, the ones that are going to Cuba. Fidel, Fidel, go to hell. And then uh, after the exhibition baseball game, 10 o'clock tonight, Panthers at San Jose to play the Sharks. Now, the last five in a row, I believe, last five times those two teams have played, not only have they been ties, but I mean coma-inducing ties. Oh, God. Like the last one at San Jose game that was down here. They stunk. Oh, my God. Boring. So maybe you want to stay up late and catch that, but uh, probably not. Okay, here's a lady in Miami. Hello. Here's a lady in Miami, like I said. Hello. Hi, Neil. I yes, got ma'am. some uh, information for you on Sam Dyson. Yes? He does have a show on Waxy 790. He is? Yeah, he's on 10 to 12 on Sundays. Did somebody get him some teeth? <laughs> no. Or is he still gumming the show? No, he's still gumming. He's still doing the gumming attractions? Yeah. And Larry, and what, why, Larry what is, King does pay for it. And what does he talk about? The same thing every week. Which is? I don't listen. I only have heard it every once in a while. He starts out doing his, like everything that happened during the week. And then he brings in the same old guests every single week, and they talk about the same old thing. And nothing to do with that. Yeah, likely story. So Larry's paying to put him on here, huh? Yeah. Another way Larry's paying back South Florida for all the money he ripped off. Here. <laughs> okay, thanks for the good news, sweetheart. Okay. Bye-bye. That's- so there's a guy with no teeth doing a radio show. Oh! How about you guys, huh? In fact, maybe uh, maybe they like him over there, Waxy. Maybe he's, uh, you know, gumming the boss a little bit, kind of like what Hank was doing to Greg Reed yesterday.
We have an open line, a uh, couple of them, 5670560 and pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. Here's South Beach. Hello. South Beach, home of all those uh, Latin uh, maracones. South Beach going once, going twice. Probably Andrew Cunanan calling us, you know. I don't think that was him in that uh, place, in that houseboat. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. Here's Kendall. Hello. Neil. Yes, sir. What is Dios? See? Oh, I have to tell you, Neil, the more Cubans I meet, the better Castro starts sounding to me. Uh-huh. Uh, as, as <laughs> that's far, the way. The more Cuban callers I get, that's the way I feel about it. Uh, totally, uh, Neil. As far as Hank, uh, I, I think we we confirm what we always knew. He yeah. always sucked, the big one. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. You think so? Go Fidel Castro. Okay, <laughs> trace that call. Five six seven oh five sixty and pound five sixty on the AT and T wireless line. You sure opened up a can of worms with that performance yesterday, Hammer. I'll tell you that the Humper, man, oh man. He, he he had to be joking. I couldn't have been for serious when he was talking about what a bunch of wonderful, classy people the Beasleys were. <laughs> oh my God! I didn't know whether the screamer just drive off the side of the road and end it all. Christ! Now now was he talking about the one what the one that got in the had the domestic problems or was he talking about the uh, the one that like <laughs> drinks a lot? And which Beasley was he talking about? Oh, by the way, a special hello to all our listeners on the West Coast. Hey, listen, you know, we tell it like it is. They hired me because they wanted the big ratings, the big bucks, and tell it like it is, okay? So they're a bunch of slime balls, but, you know, they're not bad people, I guess. They're cheap. Too cheap. Fort Lauderdale, hello? Fort Lauderdale. Uncle Neil. Boy, these people are so slow. Is, is it me? Is it uh, the weather? What is it? Yeah, it's the weather. Yeah? It's getting hotter. Listen, i got to disagree with you and take the absolute opposite side of that. Hang ain't no ass kisser. Yeah. How many times has he ripped Joe Robbie? Wayne Joe Robbie is, Joe Robbie is the, dead. The, Joe Robbie is dead. No, I'm talking Joe Robbie Stadium. I don't mean I don't mean Joe Robbie. Oh, the I'm stadium talking. formerly known as Joe Robbie. Right. Well, I mean, a how many stadium, times has he ripped? Okay, well, wait a minute. Stadium is an inanimate object. The stadium can't fight back. How many times has he ripped management here? How many times has he ripped uh, people he don't like? He rips the program director, but that's easy pickings. <laughs> Yeah, no, he he rips, the, I think he, he rips the little people. Like I said at the beginning of the show, anybody can do that. He, that's not true. And you know, he's the he's the least least ass kisser next to you. He just you yeah, have a guaranteed you have a guaranteed contract, so you're in a little bit better situation, obviously. Well, you mean anybody. he doesn't have a guaranteed contract? I'm not sure if he does. I he's got do a contract that's written in cement, baby. Don't kid yourself. Okay, and I just well, he got suspended for for stating his opinion. Well, that's because he's a pussy. I wouldn't have put up with that crap. Though he was, they were totally in the wrong. And then he goes on with Michael Putney on Channel Ten, and he's like apologetic. He should have said Greg Reed's an asshole right there on Channel Ten. I would have gotten up and given a salute if he would have said that. Can I say one thing? He would have said the water Nazi and the uh, sales Nazi. They're the ones responsible. He was in the right on that. He wasn't in the wrong. But he does interviews. You don't. He rolled over and lay. So what does that have to do with it? Because he doesn't a kiss ass. I mean, he he does kiss a little. Let me ask you this. I I understand that, you you know, when you're doing a sports show or any kind of interview show, you're in a precarious position. Because, like, when you're doing the Jimmy Johnson show, you can only go so far. Or he, Jimmy's going to say, I'm not going to do the show with you anymore. Just like Shula used to do. Remember, we didn't want to be on with Rick and Suds because they didn't watch the game that week. Right. I mean, these coaches, you know the kind of egos they have. So I understand you have to be a little careful with that. Like when you were doing baseball, you're not going to get up there and rip every everybody and their uncle on the show when you're doing a job. and You're doing, like, a, a baseball uh 
analyst or if you were the commentator or whatever. I got news for you, sir. When I was doing U of M baseball, one day I got a call at home from Howard Schnellenberger, who at that time was the football coach, who was madder than a wet hen at me because the football team decided to do their scrimmage on uh, the same Saturday that the Hurricane Baseball, at the same time, the Hurricane Baseball team was playing the old-timers game, and they brought back Randy Guerra and all the uh, Howie Shapiro, and uh, I went on the ear and I ripped them an ass. In fact, during the game, I ripped them an ass. I won't, I was, I won't I kiss ass for anybody, not for this kind of money. Maybe for about five million a year, I'd kiss some ass. I didn't say you kissed ass. I just don't think Hank. I mean, he slipped yesterday. Yeah, it sounds. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's that. See if he. But he's not a generalized. You can't generalize him as a ass kisser. Yeah. I mean, he really isn't. I mean, he. Yeah, he. I guess he. He must have got some really Nav- good. How about Sheriff Nick Navarro when he was on his show on IOD? Huh? How about Abe Hirschfeld? Uh, that's, huh? I, 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 I didn't hear that interview. Abe though. Hirschfeld. Abe was right in Hank's face on here at IOD, and Hank said, oh, man, that was good. He did. Just like that scene in the, the movie with Tom, uh, with, uh, what was it that, uh, C. Thomas Howell? What was that movie? The Hitcher. Oh, yeah. The, Remember the, with Rutger Howard and he spit in his face? Yeah, that was disgusting. Yeah, and, and Abe Hirschfeld did that right in the ear in the studio, and Hank said, do it again. And he did. I, I, the only thing is, I was pretty shocked that he did. He that said, he do it like, again, Sam. He was he did that, but I think me he me he might have gotten a really good uh, BJ or something at the stadium when he went to the show or wherever it's Rolling Stones. Oh, the, the, from the from Mick Jagger. Well, he must have had a really good time because I've never seen him so happy in oh, my life. Oh my God, talk about lips. Okay, well we'll find out today. I'm Thanks, sure he'll straighten it out for us. And the uh, problem too, we had a little dilemma there. Five six seven oh five sixty and pound five sixty on the AT and T wireless line. I mean, Larry King. The reason that he has those guests who come back again and again is because licky, licky, licky. If ever one time he asks some tough questions, they never come back again. I used to have guests years ago, and I used to, and they were boring shows. And I've already apologized. I'll apologize again. Most of those guests were as boring as stuff as sniffing dog crap. Okay, even more so. Same tired old stuff, and if you brought them on and you argued, it's like the Catholic Church wouldn't let me have a priest on here because if I had a priest on, they knew that I was going to argue with them and make them look like a jackass, so they wouldn't let any of them come on. The archdiocese. That's how confident they were of their position. <laughs> they wouldn't let no priest come on and debate me religion on my show. But that's why all those people like Ross Piro, and they come back over and over again and just sucky, 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 which is why that show most of the time is garbage Larry King show. It's an embarrassment. Marshmallow roast, that's what it is. And this man has sucked his way all the way to the top. He's making millions and millions of dollars. He's known all over the world. He hobnobs with the rich, the famous. He's been married 150 times. Why, I have no idea. Because even my dog wouldn't touch the best part of him if there is such a thing as the best part of him. His wife just had another baby. The guy's 97 years old, Larry. And he's still running around going, Only $50. Yeah, that's his claim to fame. He's stiffing all the people down here. So I mean, maybe Hank wants to make uh, $50 million a year. I can't blame him for that. I'll tell you what, I'd suck ass for $50 million a year. I would kiss a lot of ass. I would do just like Larry King, and I'd work for a year. That's right. I'd work for one year. I'd take all of that money. I'd say, okay, I'm embarrassed, but not too embarrassed like Larry, Larry Blue Jack said on that thing, you know. Embarrassed to have done it, but not too embarrassed to take the money, thank you, and now have a nice life, goodbye. You know, and that would be it. Here's a Tamarack. Hello. Hello. Yes, sir. Uh, this is Bernie Kaplan in Tabarack. Yes, Bernie. Yes, I Happy have. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Yes, I have. I'm not Irish, but I have <laughs> okay, an explanation for this St. Patrick. Neither Day. I. Even this the uh, Jews can uh, celebrate a Glacier Are you ready to get some information? Yes, I'm ready. All right. St. Patrick. <laughs> yeah. A missionary in patron saint in Ireland. Bernie, and you're living proof. Yes. Uh, is is uh. 
birth date was celebrated annually on March 17th, and it was uh, a national holiday in Ireland. And when it was celebrated in America since 1737, when a group of Irish uh, businessmen uh, met in Boston and founded uh, this day to celebrate. Uh They used to have uh, civic parades, church services, banquets. Uh But uh, the fact that the shamrock has become a symbol of this holiday, and it was worn because the three leaflets uh, use is to illustrate the doctrine of the Trinity. Excellent. And green, the national color of Ireland. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Moly. Okay, well, Well, uh, happy Pesach, Bernie, and thanks a lot. So here's some interesting faxes, by the way, a lot more interesting than whatever Bernie was uh, wrapping his gums about. College Wrestling on Channel 309 on Little Dish, it says, look at those boys grab each other, it's a gay club. (laughs) I told you, wrestling, man, college and high school wrestling, it doesn't get any faggier than that. Corned beef and cabbage, here's another fax, says, is not a traditional Irish meal, like most Chinese food in America, CBC was started here. Oh, CBC, I thought that was started in Canada, eh? Corned beef and cabbage started here. It's another phony baloney Americanization, a bastardization of a dish that don't even exist, okay? And like the lady said, they like their bacon. They like their pork in Ireland. Suck it in and hold it. My sack is like a thimble and my nuts are like pearls. I don't even have enough to pack a squirrel. I tried secret lotions and technology. But it don't get no bigger than a golf tee. There's nothing I can do. I only got a three-inch tool. You'll be disappointed when we reach my house. Because you won't know for sure if I'm a man or a mouse. If you eat no Big Mac, more like a Happy Meal. You'd get more satisfaction from your high heel. You'll swear I was in the pool. Cause I only got a three-inch tool. Yes. Sometimes at night I wonder if it will ever grow. If I was a homosexual, I couldn't even push in your stool. It looks like Mr. Peanut without the cane. It's got capillaries instead of veins. I could cut circulation with a pinky ring. For Halloween, I dress it like a buffalo wing. It's in a suction tube, cause I only got a three-inch tool. Even with a metric rule, I only got a three-inch tool. Tell them, guys. Yeah, you got a three-inch tool. Oh, baby. Yeah, you got a three-inch tool. Come here, honey. Yeah, you got a three-inch tool. It's totally not quantity. You got a three-inch tool. I was like, it only find yeah, a three-inch toolbox. 133 at 560 WQM on a great Wednesday. It is St. Patrick's Day. I thought the Ides of March, I thought Monday when we moved in this new studio was going to be the turning point. But St. Patty's Day 99, this is the turning point. All of our lives, you can feel it. Turning point in my health, I feel like I'm making a little bit of a comeback after three months of uh, nagging, uh, annoying crap. Not out of the woods yet. Dr. Mark will be here tomorrow, Dr. Doolittle, to take some blood right while I'm on the air. And I'm going to tell you, I want that. I want tested for everything, every possible, every nook and cranny of this old, aching, crumbling body of mine. That's what I want, Doctor Mark. 
every goddamn test that's ever been invented, some we haven't heard of yet. Here's a mobile in Miami. Hello. Neil, how are you doing? Great. Okay. I, I like you because you tell it like it is. Uh-huh. Listen, Hank, the other day on the Rock Country Club, was interviewing Don Smiley, and he was kissing his butt left and right, man. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. And, 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 and Don Smiley? Don Smiley, who man. gave us all those phony stories about how he was like four minutes away from buying the team, which he never did? Listen, yes, he was telling Don Smiley how great you look. You look like a model. You look relaxed. You look... I, I mean, I couldn't believe it. Really? This is, this is not got to be... This is not handcuffed, isn't it? What was it, a sports show or like a fashion show? A sports show. Uh. Oh, my God. And in closing? Yes? Hank, para besar culo, coño. <laughs> oh, boy. Woo, now they're throwing Czechoslovakian insults. Better watch it, Hank. Piss off those checks. We have an open line in uh, Broward, 600 and day 240 on the West Coast. We've got plenty of open lines for it. It's always that way on this show. That uh, means no waiting. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. Yeah, this has been a truly momentous day. I think we finally hit the jackpot today, you know? What was that? Who was the, uh, what was that show, Jackpot? Who was on that? What was the guy with the, uh, not Tom Don't Like Us, but he always used to wear that uh, leather jacket, the black leather jacket, the game show host? Huh? And he used to be on a jackpot. Oh, come on. What the hell was his name? He was obnoxious. I hated him. Jackpot! Don't you remember that show? Bad show. Here's the Homestead. Hello. Hello, Neil. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. On, uh, on Hank, yeah. That other caller there earlier commenting on Hank not sucking uh, up too much. You should have heard him the week before when uh, the Stones were coming to town about on um, Greg Reed giving him those tickets. I, I did hear that, but you know, I took that. Was, I took that with a grain of salt because it was just like a little dry. But yesterday was like ten minutes solid of suction. Even Kathy Willis never kept it sustained it that long, you know. Well, even week, Monica. Well, he was he was blow, he, he was sucking up and blow drying them all at once. Really? Oh, it was incredible wow. how the tickets he kept ranting and going on about this and that. And I heard it. It was incredible. It was and then the thing about the Beasleys, that's what that's what put me over the edge. When he started with the Beasleys and they were in the box and they were the only ones at the concert, uh, I mean, in the box at the concert. I mean, the Beasleys, these people are so measly, so cheap, so niggardly, if I can say that. It's it's unbelievable. Definitely. They still got the first nickel they ever made. <laughs> and in closing. And he's going to work in Jacksonville, I hear. Yeah. In closing, uh, shameless request. Yes. No more, no more OJ. No more OJ. Oh, uh, no more juice. Okay, you got no it. Juice. No more juice. That's what they're saying at the White House. Squirt, squirt. Till we clean the first dress. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T wireless line. Not that we're trying to pick on a humper here today. That's not my point. Like I said, I like Hank. We're not looking to start some uh, thing here. But the fact is that yesterday, I mean, he's he's got it. Like they said in uh, you know in Godfather One, you got to be accountable for Santino. Okay, Carlo. That's what Michael told him just before he got in the car to go to Vegas, which he never made it there. Oh hi, uh, Clemenza. And now, Hank, uh, he's got to be accountable for yesterday. It must have been being a little off the feed. You know, when you're diabetic, your blood sugar goes up and down. You have these little erratic, uh, that must be it. We'll find out. What What is that? Hey, the real question is, um, what locker room shower are you going to most likely be at? Which one would you like me to be in? Um, well, have you, have you been in the shower at the Panthers? Those are real men. Well, come on over here and don't be shy. Got something for you, it's a little surprise. You may not know where my hands go, but I'm going to stick one right under your nose and make you smell my finger. Well, sometimes they 
smell like spaghetti, yo. Oh, the cheese that goes on my toes. In between my legs is where they could go. And I'll stick them right there under your nose to have you smell my... Take you out to see these Saturday sub... What was that? Oh, baby. Come on, give it a whip. I'm the one that can trust. Check out that finger there, cause, well, you don't know what it could say, but it smells okay to me. Well, I think it's funny and you know why, cause I'm a dick and it's just Juice from the arm hidden under my throat. Hey, it's my business where well, they may go. But you must smell mine. <sighs> Finger. Okay, 17 till 2 at 560. What is this? Uh, that is here? Like oh, that's what it was. Steve Nichol. Okay, anyway, 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T world. I figured we started, you notice how muddy they sound, too? They all sound like that in these car machines? Oh, God. I sure hope not. God, I sure hope these carts don't all sound muddy like that and it's a triple deck we got. And my biggest problem is that I'm going to fall. Listen to that. And it sounds like it's eating the tape in there, too, now. That was Steve Young, by the way. God. And you're telling me I'm supposed to be excited. See, this is exactly what I'm talking about. I don't care how many tickets to the Rolling Stones they would give me or to Aerosmith or anybody else. Uh, the fact is, cheap. The Beasleys and Greg Reed, cheap. I mean, they, they probably dug this out of a dumpster at one of their other stations somewhere, the Beasleys. And we're supposed to kiss the ground. They got us a triple that cart machine to replace the worn-out old piece of crap we had downstairs, which replaced the other old triple. This is probably the same one we used to have, only reconditioned. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, somebody spit-polished the heads on it. Ever spit-polished the head? God. I mean, that, 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 it's horrible. Cool. We're back to that again. We're back to that thing. When we first came here 14 months ago, the spots all like muffled, like horseshoe radio. Try a different slot. Now, I got a different slot I'd stick it in. Where's Gregory? Rectum. That's where this belongs. Piece of crap. And my biggest problem is I own the balls. Yeah. Well, see, I mean, they're different uh, decks, so there's different heads, you know, different levels of head. Kind of like Greg was getting yesterday on the ear. Here's a Wilton Manners. Hello. Good afternoon, Uncle Neil. Yes, sir. Can we change the subject a little? I got a little story well, I want to tell you. There is no subject on this show. The subject is whatever you guys want to talk about until I'm bored with it. I thought I heard this on the news the other day. I thought you'd find enjoyment in it. It's where the crime, the punishment fits the crime. It's in a little Texas town where they had a problem with cars, young kids, and their boombox, their, their speaker system. Yeah. And if a young man was found guilty of disturbing the peace. They made them no fine. They, yeah. they would make them sit in the courtroom and listen to their music for an hour, Yeah. which included Barry Manilow. Oh! It, Woo! A fate worse than that. included the theme, the Barney oh. song. And at the end, when they interviewed one of the young men, he said... Please don't tell me Michael Bolton and Gloria Stefan. That would that would be it. Well, they also if, suicide time. If they found somebody that was liking the music, they would omit it and put something else in. Uh, mm -hmm. Yanni, things like that. Yanni Versace, yeah. So at the end, they interviewed one of the young men, and he said, "Well, I'm selling my speakers in my car because I'm not never going through that again." Excellent. And I thought that was just. And the judge was, you know, didn't want to find him or anything. Mm -hmm. he just no, wanted, probably want to fry him. Okay, thanks for the good news, sir. What was he saying? Five six seven oh five. Come on, let's hear some Irish stuff here today, huh? Any good Irish stuff? 
And this this show today also proves, beside the fact of what a genius I occasionally am, like about twice a year, uh, that there is no Irish, there's no story, there's nothing to tell. When you ask what are the great contributions of the Irish, is there, are there any? No. No. Irish cuisine, is there any, like, real Irish cuisine? No. No. Any any real reason why they celebrate this holiday besides getting drunk? No. No. <laughs> How do you like that? 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. Here's Fort Lauderdale. Hello. Yeah, Neil. Yes, sir. How you doing, mate? Great. Uh, my uh, Irish history is a little rusty, but uh, the Irish irony of this St. Patrick was an Englishman. And uh, he was uh, captured by, that's where I can't remember, but he was imprisoned in Ireland. He escaped, went back to Ireland to teach them about Christianity, of all things. That's why they got the clothes, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, and all that, la di da Yeah. But, um, uh, you know, I mean, they've got a ton of Irish saints to choose from, but they, uh, you know, they've chosen an English one to celebrate the drinking festival. Mm. But, uh, All sounds pretty stupid to me. Huh? Like I said, it's just a holiday to get drunk on, like the Fourth of July, exactly. on Labor Day, and one other thing, that, President's uh, Day. That that woman, the uh, the Glory Hall author. Yeah. Um, now, you, reading an excerpt from a uh, writing before about the the gay scene down in uh, in Miami, South Beach, yeah. Yeah, in South Beach. Well, I've been here a couple of years, and, and the first few times I went down there, I went into straight clubs with uh, my wife, and there's just a bunch of drunk gangster punks down there, you know, looking for any reason, or, or rednecks or whatever. Right. You go into any of the gay clubs down there, all they're doing is dancing and having a great time, you know, they might be rolling on X or whatever, but uh, it's right. a lot more enjoyable than uh, than having to suffer through uh, punks right. without that's, it. That's right, but just, just don't touch them, that's all, and you'll be okay. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know... Wake up, listeners. Go to gay and, bar. and sniff the coffee. Okay, have a great day. No, don't don't encourage these straight assholes to invade gay bars. They'll ruin them, man. Don't don't do that. Christ, stay the hell out of there. Okay. And, see, and of course the fags, we make sure that they do stay out because then they start groping them. Oh, jeez! And they start running out the door. Some of them, of course, some of them like uh, come back again for more. But you know that's the way the world is. There are a lot of people who are like <laughs> uh, they're in doubt. You know. Well, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, George doesn't believe that, of course. Don't even don't even start, okay? Don't even start. Like I told you, straight people, there are some things you just will never know anything about. I'm talking about real straight people like you. I can't think of anybody else. It's 11 before 2 at 560 WQAM on a tremendous Wednesday. God, this has been, you know, I, I just had that feeling the first time in three months. It's almost three months to the day. Three months to the day. December to January to February to goddamn frickin' March. Three months. That I've been illing with that, with the, and of course now that I know it's the jaw, and maybe psychologically I know in two weeks I'm going to have my mouth guard. Maybe, maybe I'll come in here. Maybe I can be bigger than Sam Geisen. I'll come in and do the show with the mouth guard in, and and gum my way to the top. That's right. Why should we only have one person gumming on this station, huh? It's Dave in Miami town at five six zero W Q A M. 